Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham. And I'm JP. And we're here again, JP, on a Tuesday night. Just got finished on our Patreon pre-show with a patron, King of the Mountain, newest King of the Mountain, uh, Liam. Uh, he's uh, nominated us to do uh, top five uh, celebrities coming up. We had a, a great chat about that. That's the show we're going to be doing on the uh, the Patreon side coming up. We chatted yeah, all kinds there. Um, sports. Cookie, cookie TV boxes, all kinds yeah, of things. Lot, Netflix, l- extended conversation on that. <laughs> but how are you on this uh, on this Tuesday night, mate? Uh, balmy Tuesday night. It's boiling here. Mm. It really is. Uh, if I disappear off the stream, don't be entirely surprised. I'll be gone to get a fan and a cold drink or something <laughs> along those lines because it is fucking boiling. But no, I'm I'm all right. I know you were, you weren't feeling all the best. We were doing our observe this show the other mm. day, but you seem to be in much better form. Back through it, mate. The good weather, I say it's either helping or hurting, I don't know, but mm. yeah, getting uh, getting through it, mate. But yeah, that was uh, like I say, fun, fun chat there. Any, any uh, additional uh, thoughts on uh, on uh, on uh, on that? You're looking forward to doing our top five uh, wrestling celebrities mm. uh, podcast going forward? Oh, yeah, um, you disappointed he didn't um, make me watch the uh, the IWC uh, Ashes or anything like that from, uh, from well, back in the day. You were saying that 2005 one, mate, that's like that's like WrestleMania X7. It's just like, it's just a monster series. Mm. And if you're thinking about Flintoff versus Warren at that point, it was very much like Austin Rock. Like, right, okay. you can argue the baby face heel dynamic as well between them as well. But it was like, it was, it was awesome stuff. Mm. Shane Warren, I'd always compare to Ric Flair in many, many ways. Was Flintoff um, that big? Because I know Gareth always talked, because like Gareth's local yeah. pub used to be the same, well, it used to be my local pub as well. And there's there's, there's still stories told to this day, the day Aunt, uh, Freddie Flintoff in his pomp turned up at that pub. I think Gareth's got a photo of them, or at least Sarah does. Like I, I, Some of my mates were in the pub that night, I got photos of them. It was like the rocket turned up, you know? Like I just, just yeah. lanky crocketer, mean anything to me. He wasn't, he wasn't lanky in two thousand and five, mate. He was a he was a big unit. He's had a show on BBC One. 
Oh, he's a good boy. He's a nice boy. I quite, quite like him. Yeah. You know, he's a you know. It's it's celebrity uh, boxing celebrity for a bit. No, he was a like honestly at that point in time he was box office. Mm. Like it was a box office series. The IWC series might be the 2011 12 one. Okay, I think it is where where England win down under mm. and Alistair Cook is there, but it's mm. like. You, you wouldn't find it as exciting, and it also went on in the middle of the night, so it wouldn't mm. be something like the 2005 Ashes where people were, at that point in time, Benno, like, honestly, you were just going into pubs and people were transfixed by the cricket because it was, like, the last series to be on terrestrial TV for, like, a re- really long time, and it was just, like, this massive Ashes series. I love the way you explain it to this to me, like, I'm some alien who yeah. didn't exist in It was Sunday. WCW versus <laughs> WWF. It was Attitude Era Cricket. Right, it okay. was attitude era cricket like just a stress but it was 97 like right. is what it was like war wise like the, the best year in wrestling history as we've uh, established uh, a few times no i'm surprised uh, uh you know liam didn't go that route didn't go the boxing route like i say could have gone the slap fighting route did you see um that this week that there's like there's like what some the new new sport that's come out like it's like i, can't, yeah. I don't want to like i think it's 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 basically big polish blokes who were tied together like they got one hand tied together over a table and instead yep. of slapping now it's just full-on punching so like punching, if the sport yeah. has escalated i think the polish i don't want to say the russian and you know piss anybody off it's it's one of the two i'm not sure oh, but yes. like, that's where the you know that's where the you know these sports are uh are big i don't know if uh you know it is it's where sports innovators <laughs> tend to be don't they don't know if I'll make, is it pancake was it on fight it? tv by any chance oh, i'm sure it's coming if not <laughs> it'll be, be there. stunned if it wasn't was it Pancake um, the name of the uh, the famous uh, Polish man? That wasn't his name, was it? It was something like Dumpling. Dump truck. Yeah, Dumpling. Dump, dump truck. <laughs> che- che- dump truck wasn't. Dump truck, I'm thinking of um, fucking Sumo from the uh, early 90s <laughs> on Channel 4 with a reference like that. Um, yeah, no, Dumpling, there was. Yeah. yeah, he was. It was Dumpling, but he was a cheat, as we'd mm. established. He was tucking his fucking chin in the coward. He was just like doing it. It was. It was cheating. He was just like pushing his shoulders up. It, like he went nah, and it just felt like justice had been served. You know, <laughs> your face there. You, you felt like it, justice, like like Trump getting taken down. Yeah, justice, mate. When he didn't win, it was like when the Birmingham Six were released. It was like true, proper, like you know that that kind of stuff. It's like you can't be can't be doing it. It was like a miscarriage of justice. <laughs> As Lynn says here, dumpling and walrus for the Earth Baby. Walrus. Here. Still feel like Lene could have got involved. The people's yeah. hero. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, that's uh, you know. But hopefully, hopefully we can cover that series as like an uh, Patreon special at some point. But no, I'm excited about uh, what we've got coming up. Speaking of uh, mm. Lene in the chat, we've got some fun uh, stuff coming up on the on the public YouTube for everyone. We'd be happy to know it's been the opening weekends of the footy season, and you know we can talk a bit of footy if you want, but we won't be talking any FPL because we have now got a, a home for that. We are going to be doing um, FPL streams uh, every Thursday is the plan going forward. On the uh, we've got a, we've already got a, a Twitch um, set up, Twitch.tv slash Grapple FPL. And if you search that, you can uh, you can subscribe to us over there. We'll also be uh, simulcasting that those shows on the over on the uh, YouTube as well. So I'll try and you know not. You know, Jump around and be uh, too proud of myself for getting Harland in this week and uh, and having a great weekend on the FPL. I'll wait for that till uh, till Thursday. Crystal Day is going to be involved. Uh, Jamesy, Andy Ogden, basically a lot of the lads from our from our draft league are going to be involved. Yep. So I'll, I'll, I'll save the brag until then. But you enjoy the uh, the opening weekend, JP. Are you looking forward to uh, to chatting it all with us on Thursday. I'm looking forward to chatting to it. It's a marathon, not a sprint, though. I would remind you, <laughs> Benno, with this, but. Um... 
like spoken very like the much true the <laughs> well, spoken like the true sheep that I am, the first thing I did was get in Harland for Kane, and I saw the price rise. I went, thank God for that. Just like <laughs> managed to get that in there. Otherwise, it's it's hard to kind of determine because it feels like we're gonna have a mad sprint of football now for a few weeks. But great, isn't it? Made up. Let's see when those double that. game week kicks in and stuff like that. Like, you know, that's that's where the bread that's where the bread and butter FPL. FPL aside, honestly, that's all I did Friday, Saturday. Friday night, I was watching, you know, I watched you all are. Saturday morning, I was up watching the Mate. watching the early game, watching Liverpool, watching like the three the three PMs. I was trying to get on the uh, on the dodgy sites we were talking about on, oh, on the yeah. pre show, right through to the late games. I'm sure the uh, the novelty all wear off soon, but it's fucking great to have it back. Oh, it is. Yeah, something to throw itself into. I got a text there from my son earlier on in the pre-show that Oxford beat Swansea in the League Cup on penalties. Oh. So he was slightly annoyed about it. He was umming and ahhing about whether or not to go. Mm. It's not quite cheap for him. But, like, yeah, football's back. It's back round here. It's uh, certainly back on Friday night. It wasn't a repeat of the horrible Brentford game. <laughs> I don't feel like I want to say too much or be too bullish about Arsenal because we all see how, they, how it ends up we've, and we become banned very, very easily. We've been trying, folks, to tie JP down and force him to watch the uh, mm. All or Nothing on, uh, on, uh, on Amazon, the, uh, the Arsenal loving of Arsenal. <laughs> you got to watch I'm it, scared. you got to watch it. I don't want to just sit there by the end of it and think look, that Arsenal's being, like, run by david brent i don't want to do that that's why i kind of almost like blanket review like any reviews of it and stuff i tend to ignore because i go now i'm watching this through the prism of arsenal so i find every <laughs> bit of it interesting it's a bit hard when i hear ksi at the beginning going like we're in one of our worst periods in our history it's like hang on mate <laughs> we haven't turned into leads in the 2000s just yet it's like we haven't finished in the champions league for a few years the like, arsenal fancy generation mate they don't know what the burn it is like anything pre Venga, like there's there's none nothing about that. You mentioned the Dark Prince George Graham, and it's just like <laughs> over their heads. Oh, that's a legend. Uh, but no, if, if you know... Arsenal midfielders then would have got you fuck all points, mate. No goals, no assists. You just go with that back four and Ian Wright. That's all you would do. Well, I've got some Arsenal boys to, uh, to be thankful for, but yeah, we'll be talking all of it on the uh, yeah. on the Grapple YouTube and over on uh, like Twitch.tv slash uh, Grapple uh, FPL this week. But yeah, other than that, this week got lots uh, lots else going on. Mm. Uh, me and JP uh, yesterday uh, threw my little bottle of food poison and managed to get recorded. We don't we don't stop for anyone, JP. We get we still get our uh, still got our dates done. Maybe a couple of days late. We got our uh, our Ric Flair um, 1991 uh, joining the WWF episode of uh, Observe This, where we went through the. Yeah. Uh, the observer and the uh, and the torture from that time. Um, as always, the headline story is never the uh, the most interesting thing. <laughs> Those things are uh, fun stories. McFoley having five star matches in nineteen ninety one, allegedly. Yeah. I still think he was the one uh, writing those results and uh, putting those star uh, those star ratings into Meltzer. Do you ever do you ever hear that story? Like that's what uh, Jericho did when he got started with his career, where he was like writing into like the magazines and the torture news ever under like assumed names. Going, have you heard about this Chris Jericho? He's really good, you know. Great wrestler. I saw him wrestle last night. It's a good. It's it's it, it. If it works, it works. I feel like Foley was uh, yeah. possibly doing that back in the day as well. But yeah, there was tale of his five star match with Eddie Gilbert and uh, lots of other notes. Yeah, loads of stuff like that. If you're ever interested in global, it's global heavy, this one. Possibly as global heavy as we'll ever get, unless we do a retrospective of global on ESPN. Um, like about being the third company and all this stuff. Obviously, it didn't come to pass, because when I mention global, I'm sure a lot of listeners' minds will go to Global Force and Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> so, who is also in there as well, because there's a lot of USWA, so we got Control-F Jeff, 
and, and where, where will he make his appearance this week? Um, and some weird comedy styling stuff, which let's just say doesn't, it, it, it's not as offensive, just doesn't age well. It's like <laughs> if you thought, if you read Power Slam and you thought Stately Wayne Manor, that's for me. I want an entire magazine of it. Very much what it sort of becomes towards the end and literally <laughs> does buy him in one of the letters. But yeah. Oh, we were saying it on the show. Stately Wayne Manor. I could never, I would read, I would buy those Power Slams and I would read them cover to cover. Like it was my only source of real wrestler news. It was so exciting when I was like a, a teenager getting this real life magazine, not knowing that Finn Martin was basically just taking all of his news stories from, you know, the Observer and the Torch no. and just copy and pasting. Or like I used to ring the Power Slam hotline and like I found out years later he was literally just reading the Observer out. <laughs> basically <laughs> on there, that's what he did. But like Entrepreneur, mate. Stop it. Oh, hey, hey, I've got much respect for Finn Martin. We met him that one time at uh, the Manchester I did. I had a great time. Great, great bloke. You bought him a yeah. pint, you know. Came over and said, oh, this is me, mate, Finn. Um, one of those yeah. famous JP moments. Lovely bloke, you know. Um, follows me on Twitter. Please don't unfollow me, Finn. But yeah, the, uh, the to the point, stately way man who does turn up in this edition of uh, The Observer, like that, that art, that his article every month, I would skip that fucker no matter what. Like, even if I'd read it cover to cover four or five times, it'd be like the sixth time where I'd be like, fine, I'm going to read it. And he'd be just wanking on about like some I'm the real heel, like, you know, garbled nonsense that you could barely make sense of. Like, I mean, maybe I was just like, you know, a dumb, you know, 12, 13 year old, not really getting it, but. No, I was, I was glad to know that uh, you were as uh, much a hater as, uh, as me. Yeah. That definitely came out on our show. Absolutely. Mm. Everything else. Everything else I'd read. You know, there would have been a point in time that, you know, Mo Chatra doing MMA wouldn't have been stuff of interest. But between him and Dave Meltzer, they got me into MMA. So I was like, kind of like, kind of appreciative of that. But that was always something I avoided. Like, he was just like... I'm not going to find it funny. I don't even know what his opinion on wrestling is. Just to be a mad fella writing in. But yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's funny when you see names like that. You know, um, Mark Nolte, ROH commentator of uh, fame, turning up in the uh, in the letters pages in the over <laughs> this month. Bruce, Bruce, I was going to say Bruce Pritchard, then Bruce Mitchell writing some uh, rather uh, strange <laughs> comics in the uh, in the torch covering the uh, Sid Vicious's push. Who's apparently apparently JP in 1991. Next big thing, Sid uh, the WWF. He was going to be the uh, the next uh, the next big star yeah went well uh, but uh, <laughs> no it was fun seeing that uh, like, softball said softball no chance <laughs> fun seeing that covered uh, across the different newsletters and going that far back Lockwood was getting into some 80s observer and talks actually we need to get uh, onto Big Dave to get some of those uh, 80s retro ones not just the Bruiser Bro the rem- Memorial Edition which is basically the only 80s edition of the uh, observer that's on their website at the minute I really want to get into that stuff we'll get the get the real names you love JP Oh, yeah. territory gossip right. going on like uh, that's what I want hook that stuff to my base. I want I want world class gossip I won't lie that's what I want to see I want, I want Fritz yeah basically I want to hear the shit about him yeah. that's where that's where I'm at <laughs> well saying that this time we did get some good like gossip about like a uh, world bodybuilding federation Lou Ferrigno coming in mm. there's some Luger stuff in there did you see this week that that A&E had that Luger documentary didn't they I want to I want to see that like round up my uh the Lex Luger history I think the uh they looked on all that stuff quite positively compared to the uh observer coverage of the uh the world bodybuilding federation at the time but anyway, that is those A&E pieces they are basically uh WWE propaganda that Luger that Luger documentary did a better rating than Bash of the um was it um the title Battle of the Belts, Battle of the Belts. Mm. yeah did a better rating than that 
which I never would would be saying Lex Luger ratings draw, but you know, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, you know, if they hate that archive content does uh, does best. It doesn't doesn't, doesn't bode well for uh, for Rampage and uh, and Battle of the Belts. But yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. I just thought it was on. It's like two hours. Like I'll, I'll dedicate some uh, some time to that. Uh, <laughs> even though they are puff pieces, they are. Uh, they are still relatively entertaining, um, but yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Observe this on like the, uh, the, the on the pro on like the proper WBF stuff, like the week at Lawns and stuff like that. Get uh, get some of Meltzer's uh, background. See if uh, Lou Ferrigno ever did turn up on their program. Pretty sure he uh, he didn't uh, at the end. But nope, that was a, a fun trip down uh, memory lane on the uh, on the Patreon. Yeah, and if uh, that sounds like a show you that interests you, Patreon.com/slash grapple. You can get that. Get our film club from uh, from last week where we uh, mm-hmm. talked all about. Uh, 1994 classic movie Street Fighter as announced but just then we got our 5 to 1 uh, upcoming we'll probably record that uh, this week uh, with Liam talking uh, top 5 uh, celebrities in wrestling especially a lot of uh, Dennis Rodman and uh, and Jay Leno and uh, Mike Tyson I expect uh, talking that among other things we got some good suggestions in the uh, in the chat Snooky <laughs> there's some uh, some celebrities in wrestling you might not think of that I'm sure between us and uh, and hopefully Matty we can uh, we can think of JP lots to look forward to there yeah, brilliant. And also, if you want to go back even earlier, we've got like hell of an archive. There was a half year review on AEW, which will be a, it's a, it's an interesting piece. That was what we did just after Forbidden Door, wasn't it? That mm. we we had done that as well. Yeah, and the assassination of AEW by the Carl Benson Richards, I think, is its official that title. Was, but yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> hell of a lot of content on there. Yeah, we were very positive overall, but yeah, you know, if you can, uh, if you fancy it, just uh, just six pounds of your of your money can uh, mm-hmm. can get that. But yeah, that's uh, that's all over on the Patreon. Obviously, today, as people have seen from the description, we will have uh, the great Karen Peterson uh, joining us uh, for hour two um, to talk uh, what's been going on in, in Japan, specifically the uh, the G one. And I expect we'll uh, we'll get into some stardom uh, chat as well, as she is mm-hmm. the uh, the person to uh, to talk all that stuff. But yeah, before uh, Karen joins us, JP, we'll uh, we'll hit the uh, the AEW topic and uh, and talk all that from the weekend. You did uh, you did mention Battle of the Belts there. Uh, that was this weekend. Obviously, Battle of the Belts and uh, and Rampage not exactly uh, big uh, big ratings draws for uh, for AEW this weekend. I think this was the uh, this was the worst Battle of the Belts on record, wasn't it, viewership wise? Yep. Um, you know, I, I mean, does that shock you considering it was you know a, a rando? you know saturday with five days bills you know it's like when dynamite came around like i was saying this to you on thursday when the uh went on friday sorry when the uh when they advertised that on dynamite it was just a bit like what battle of the belts is this weekend oh maybe yeah. i've just not been paying attention and then it turns out no they literally haven't mentioned it until dynamite last week so that might explain yeah. why it did four hundred and thirty-seven thousand viewers which about which is down from battle of belts 2 which is 527 thousand uh viewers but you know it, it's one of them you know i think you know rampage at this point has become roh rampage so you know the rampage uh ratings don't tend to, uh, mm-hmm. to shock uh at this point um it did i think it came fifth on cable it was slightly slightly up for the uh at least for you know the fact that they have moxley on there did help but you know obviously still in that in that same uh same place point one five in the uh, demo and four hundred sixty eight thousand uh viewers for rampage so bit of an interesting experiment you know get those two bonus shows over the uh, the weekend in addition to uh, the dynamite that we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, in a minute it's a lot of aw in one weekend yeah people didn't exactly uh, flock to it but you know there was some relatively uh, good content across those two shows i thought basically the stuff that didn't involve jay lethal <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean it was it was i thought again 
another kind of solid show um, to go along with. I mean, I, I saw Battle, I saw Battle of the Belts today. It was that and Rampage. It just felt like it was two halves of exactly the same show, just with a little bit of changed branding on it. Um, it's there is still the general confusion when you go like like kind of. Uh, Back, uh, was it Battle of the Belts? But there's so many belts that could be going through on there as well, and then we have to have a change of commentary team for it at the same time. So it's it is still part of the muddle, and they're going through sort of shows and announcements and title defenses at like quite a rapid rate here, because obviously we've got um, a big show. Is it them? Is their Minneapolis debut? Is that right? Yeah, that's with the yeah, the the quake on the lake, which uh, wait, oh, Wade Keller will not let go because <laughs> they no. don't get quakes in Minnesota. Apparently, I mean, I feel like it's just a phrase, you know. But okay, <laughs> I, it, it rhymes with lake. Yeah, I think that was the amount. Like, of that's basically it. Which is Wade's point. Also, bake on yeah, the lake. What they get Yeah, what, what's the thing that happens in Minnesota <laughs> that's better than quake? I don't know. <laughs> getting a bit worked out by there um but yeah it, it kind of it's i thought it was like a kind of interesting week of television as much as anything else for just sort of seeing where people's kind of reactions were i thought like there were bits of rampage that i thought um like i quite enjoyed that main event it's probably as much of as i've enjoyed a tony nice match in recent years Puffa loves Tony you. Nese, doesn't he? Big Tom. Like he, Tony Nese and Jay Lee, guys. Like, <laughs> based on this. He does. Uh, in a tag and team, though, I don't mind. You know, and Josh Woods came across well as well on that. Yeah. And if the project is Josh Woods overall, then Tony Nese serves his purpose, much in the same way that Mark Sterling does. There's just so many of these characters there. Um, Chris mentions there, having Jake Roberts come back and call it Snake on the Lane. That would be. Um, <laughs> There you go. Perfect. We'll get an ice cream van and call it Flake on the lake. Or like, you know. <laughs> well, there's the title. <laughs> there it is. Um, but it's but it, it, it does make me feel like there still is like we're still in slightly in reset mode. Like it feels like we've got the shape of a what could be a very good card for all out. That looks like there's there appears to be directions, like it's interesting where it's gonna go from there. Is that going to be what we get in Kenny Omega before that? Or is it going to, you know, because we're talking about it's happening in a couple of weeks. So it feels like they're cramming in a lot of stuff. There's a lot of cramming in of John Moxley matches as well, which I'm assuming is to make him look like the active champion. And he goes out there and he wrestles while CM Punk isn't there at all. So to try and build credibility to that rematch. But it hasn't been announced. So, like, I, I wonder about. I don't like, think that's the, happening now. I think it'd be. I don't. We'd know by now. I think it's. But I don't know what the plan B is because, like, that's the weird thing about their booking right now. Like, because the Jericho match is obviously a time of recording this week, and they literally, I can feel like, you know, poor Eddie Kingston, like, got torpedoed for the sake of Jericho's credibility going for this title match. I saw Meltzer say that. Meltzer was like, well, you know, if, if Kingston had won the feud, then, you know, everyone would be complaining that Jericho was getting a title shot on Dynamite. It's like, mate. In a world where Mance Warner got a title shot on Rampage, I'm not sure. You know, I know that's not great, but it's still the le- the lesser evil might have been. You know, going another yeah. route. But aside from yeah, they, you know, they've done that to, to make this Jericho match on Dynamite feel important. Like unless they're doing a a rematch of that on the pay per view, obviously Eddie Kingston's now 
paired off with fucking Sammy Guevara, you know, the, the bottom oh. man in uh, in that stable, which is a, a bit of a disgrace in my, in my opinion. It ironically feels like Chris Jericho in WCW, doesn't it? being kind of like not being allowed to be in the, the kind of the really interesting fuse where he should be because I will maintain that man gets like headliner reactions there that match up to anyone. There is an, a crowd connection and it's a character that in 2022 has a lot of appeal to it. Mm. I'm surprised he didn't go that like route an... if Punk wasn't available. You know, you could have done Kingston Moxley at the pay-per-view. I mean, this might all age terribly and Punk turns up, you know, this week and it ends up going, but it doesn't feel like that's happened. Like Connor's saying in the chat, you know, is there a chance of Jericho winning? You know, that's not the first time I've heard that this week. Like that could potentially, I don't think that's going to happen, but yeah, I'll do you like get it to like a big, big Moxley defense on it on pay-per-view. Maybe it's Kenny. Yeah, as Carl said, maybe Kenny's coming back. Although it feels like, you know, the stuff on Dynamite um, last week was more to set up you know can he be involved in the in this oh, i suppose he wouldn't be involved in the mm. six-man stuff that would be hangman wouldn't it so maybe if kenny's um return is uh is soon but they go straight to that with moxley don't know i would personally want to see a kenny omega coming back focused wanting to win back the world title rather than being involved in young buck style stuff that's probably where i'm at is yeah. like I think there's a point where you need to have that core of top guys and they need to be consistently interacting in some way, shape, or form. You need to have those people around them, like that kind of you know, iron sharpens iron and the rest of it. You know, it's, it's you, the whole idea of this is is for them to feel like they're at the top of the card. And that's what I would prefer to see. It just I'm not I've not never really been into the idea of trios belts. I've never saw the need for it. It feels like something that's somewhat excessive. I'm not really excited by the end of Undisputed Elite. Like, I did was... laugh when I saw the picture of the kid. I won't lie. I mean... I laughed yeah. at that, but that shouldn't have been the reaction, but I could have cared less. What it like... That like I, I I listened to the fix this week and like Steph will Steph will back me up here. I had this take before I heard Tom, but Tom Martin have it. But like genuinely, like we're we're on the same same wavelength on this. Like I thought it was just me watching it. Like this was was, was this not just completely out of nowhere? Like this was just I know yeah. that you can say oh you know on on the Young Bucks comedy YouTube show there was a bit of build for it. Like I mean you know that only that only holds so much weight with me. But as far as like a a TV show, as far as the turn goes, that made logical sense on TV. At least felt like, even then, when they've told these like allegedly layered, you know, important stories, you know, the Hangman book stuff on the, on being the elite and all of that stuff. Like this though, th- this felt like just completely on end. This felt like a wreck. This felt like the like just yeah. uh, you know the way people in on on Raw or SmackDown just turn on each other because that's the program we're building for the pay per view. Like it felt like the most convenient. Well, we got six man belts now, so I guess yeah, we're gonna split off Adam Cole and uh, and Kyle O'Reilly and uh, and Bobby Fish, and then we're gonna split off the uh, the books. And I suppose the books can be faces for it. It just felt like a proper like I don't know what they're gonna do on Dynamite this week to get Cole to like retrospectively explain his actions why he's done it like what the no. the motivation of that character was or what the the seeds mm. that have been planted you know really you know in the recent weeks it was such a such a cold turn that felt so mechanical and so literally conveniently because the six man belts on the on the horizon now and they want to you know build something for that and they want to get those pieces in place it didn't feel end at all who would not turn away years of friendship for the you know 
the chance to earn the AEW trios tag team belts. Mm. That's clearly much bigger than any relationship going into it. That's the problem is the stakes are so low. Like it is like those trios belts are just meant to be about flashy matches. Do you know what I mean? Death triangle, house of black. That's the direction of it. All well, of no a sudden it's meant asked. to be the like no, are you yeah. getting promos from Death Triangle going, Oh, we want to go for them six man belts, they're really important yeah. to us. No yeah. no one apart from the it's like it's one of those books verse ideas, you know, back in the bad old days when, you know, Cody but Ron Division, Kenny but Ron Division and the books booked their own. Like the tag division constantly has felt like that, even like past those days, even when Tony took the reins and, you know, you know, basically put a put an end to like that, that fractured version of Dynamite we used to have. But it always still feels like the books are still kind of operating with their own orbit around them, you know what I mean? It's like even you know Keith Lee mm-hmm. and Swerve getting the belts was just a way of moving them out of that. And now the six man belts is going to be like their orbit, and it's going to be their world because nobody else on the roster seems to give a fuck about those belts. Well, they've got enough people for a trios title That's... as well. That's the mm-hmm. other thing; mm-hmm. it does make use of a lot of people in in a lot of ways. But yeah, this is it's an you said it's like kind of unearned, really, because like like I said before, the stakes aren't really there with this. The idea of Kenny Omega coming back into this kind of situation, I couldn't care. Whereas if he turned up, if it was like Mox versus Punk and at the end of it, Kenny Omega came out and stared it down, I'd be like, okay, that's big. That's him. That's where his focus is. It's on the title, which then in turn makes the title seem really, really important. That's exactly the kind of thing that I would really want to see. But quite often, that's not what you necessarily see in in AEW for this. I mean, the Team Taz, like as a kind of counterpoint to it, I didn't mind that because I thought what this all did was it was Taz going, look, it's kind of over. It's more or less him saying, I'm a commentator now and everyone seems to be big enough that you'll all go and do your own thing. Good luck. And it dissolved the stable, which, let's face it, served its purpose. Raised Hook, raised Hobbs, raised Ricky Starks. But even- that was the job of that was very good and like last week's dynamite we were but two in one week yeah we and you know we were raving about that 20 minutes like that was like 20 of the best minutes you'll see you know as far as like wrestling tv goes i think you know that that is for you know for me like one of some of the best stuff they've done you know in dynamite that whole story from dan housen to hook to the hobbs turn but i did think we'd get more like payoff on that this week you think you get like hobbs explaining why he did what he did that felt a bit WWE to me as well, and just randomly coming out for a match on on Dynamite rather than you know there being legitimate um, follow up to it. Yeah, that is yeah, you're right with it. I mean, I like the idea of it of him getting squash matches and the rest of it. I'm kind of always been high on him as a as a potential project, and he has that real homegrown. So he's truly fresh, like a Wardlow and like a Hook as well, where there isn't any of this kind of you know, there's not all the various footage and other things like that to go back on but like you say there isn't the patience at the minute and that's why I feel like we're getting a glut of things like we get we've had like a glut of title matches in the last week we've had like even again we've had more debuts like kind of in a, in a Madison rain kind of mm. appearing into the ecosystem on rampage there are still those kind of like issues with it like I'm still very confused about the role of kind of the Britt Baker, Jamie Hater, Thunder Rosa stuff because it just feels like the women's division in stasis kind of 
like like the the issue with that. Although that match was great how... on Dynamite this week, I really enjoyed that. Oh time. yeah, and it and it can work. Um, I even thought that the one on Rampage was good, but then I realised I didn't realise afterwards when I watched it that she'd broken her nose. Jamie Hayter, I was like, I couldn't really spot where that happened at all. I know it fed into a thing that people had said about Thunder Rosa, but it is still. I don't know. I think it's at the point where you get to get to all out. I mean, because what is the card going to be for all out at this stage? And we're only a few couple of weeks away from it. Like at what stage are we going to be in with it where it feels like, okay. And then after that, we, we, we almost know once we get the, the show itself, because I think Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara feels like one of the main things that's been like kind of announced for it. Hmm. We la- are we launching into another tournament as well very soon to have the champions announced at All Out for the trio belts? You have to get moving on that if that's the idea. <sighs> if the finals are going to be. It's, mi- it's, it's nearly me. Mi- you know, we're ten days into August here. For fuck's sakes, it's like there isn't a lot of time here hmm. with this, and they do need to kind of get a um, get somewhat of a shift on. But I, yeah. It, it, it's it, it's I don't know. It's Christian Cage, Matt Hardy. I like. <laughs> I won't like. I liberally skipped through that because I went. I've seen this. I've seen this many, many times. Um, I enjoyed the dumpster match on Dynamite. I thought that was that was. I really did. Fun. Like that was. I didn't expect kind of. I don't know. I don't expect much out of a you know a dumpster match, and I was kind of laughing at it, going, "How ridiculous is it that in 2022 we're." Uh, we're going back to you know uh, we're paying homage to a to a match where the Golden Club's dad was in in 1998, 24 years ago. I know. But then at the same time, there was part of me going, I can't believe we've not done another dumpster match since then. Like, cause that that one in the, like I've got fond memories of that 1998 one, whether it was um, Cactus Jack and uh, and Chainsaw Charlie, Terry Funk making you know chicken salad out of chicken shit with that one. But like <laughs> I've got, I really that's a fond memory of the attitude here for me. It shocked me that it took them this long to uh to do it again and to be honest i thought they did a, a really good job of it apart from being literally terrified for the lives of it both for the uh the gun yeah. at the end where it it all looked like one of them had fell out when um the, mm. when, when the dumpster fell over it turned out to just be like a bit of carbo but that was terrifying but that aside i thought that was a a really fun little uh, gimmick match on it uh, on dynamite from aw this week it was. It was a fun gimmick match. And it was what it... I just wish this feud had dragged on. In some ways, I wish this match had been a match on the pay-per-view because it would have kind of almost made it feel a bit more special because they've been a lot of the fun part of AEW undercards for like the last little while. And the idea of the claim being a face team has to go there. I would like to see them have a kind of sustained push. I think they've shown enough growth in the ring as well but they should be at that kind of top end. And again, there is that appeal with AEW of who are the genuine homegrown stars. And the acclaimed very much kind of like fall into that category of not having that national profile before this. And they're the most that kind of have adapted to like television as as well as anyone, as you would have expected. Even like an Eddie King, you know, Eddie Kingston's adapted incredibly well, but the acclaimed really have for that. So if they're leaving the... Sorry, say again. They're a great mid-card act. Like you need that. You need. They're they never are. going to be like the main eventers on the show, but they're always going to be like a consistently entertaining I, part of the mid-card. I, I think there's a little bit more. They're so young, and the upside is big, and they mm. both can talk. Like there is that. There is all of the upside with the acclaimed is really there, and they're they're fresh. 
And I think that counts for a hell of a lot. There isn't the idea of you've seen them in other places. So it feels like a repackaged version of someone you've already seen. It's like, where do they go from here? Like, I think for them, they'd be better off in WWE. Like they, they have WWE kind of tailor-made all over them. Mm. Like as the kind of act, that if they went in, like they go, actually, there's a, there's really a lot to work here because Bowen's performances had, had really raised as well. But yeah, um, so Max Caster looking... got the uh, the attention of John Cena, didn't he on uh, on Instagram this week? One of uh, Cena's cryptic Instagram posts was in a a picture of Max Caster. So you know, Cena's still got his uh, his finger on the pulse as far as like who the uh, the hot talent are. But no, I thought I thought it was a good week for them. Um, after a, a couple of uh, midland weeks with the uh, the bad uh, battle rap and uh, some of the other stuff they've been doing in this gun club. Uh, you but no i thought they were a real uh highlight of dynamite and yeah to uh oh go on jp and we have a guest joining us to talk th- <laughs> aw as well and i don't I, I, i've talked a little bit of aw i think but oh. hello karen hello oh, gentlemen good hello. evening how do we find you is it sunny is it sunny florida uh, absolutely not. The Sunshine State is a misnomer in the summertime. It is <laughs> raining sheets upon sheets of rain at the drop of a hat. My <laughs> Christ. Yeah, it's horrible here. It's it's the opposite end of uh, awful. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we're not built for it, Karen. We don't know what to do. Yeah, I, I'm originally from New Jersey, so I'm not built for it either. And, you know, in Florida, everywhere you go, there's air conditioning. So it's like I get very spoiled where it's like, oh, God, I have to go outside from like my house to my car, from my car to the office. And like in that like three minute walk, I'm like just drenched, like mm. sweating like I'm paid for it. It's disgusting. I I love Florida, but I, there are times I just I hate it so very much. See, I think I'd enjoy that. It's like when I was in, like in Vegas this year for, for Double or Nothing and we did LA as well. When I'm ready for it and prepared uh, for the sun, I have a great time. But it's it's living in this country. It's just, yeah. It, no, 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 no. See, LA and Vegas is a dry heat. Right, we have okay. a stifling humidity. It's like smothers ah, you. It's okay. It's, That's it's the difference. Not good. It's not a good feeling. You, you, you would really dislike it. <laughs> Uh, well, we're, we're glad to have you, here, Karen, because we were just we were just getting done with being the moaning old men about AEW, and I was literally about to uh, to segue into us. Well, these are the things we enjoyed on AEW this week. So <laughs> <laughs> I showed up at the right time. <laughs> yeah, did. Well, that's there's anything you want to rail into. Uh, if there's anything you hated from uh, no, from I, I I I'm very admittedly a very casual AEW fan, and this mm. past week I didn't watch. Mm. I the I have a bit of star, uh, uh, you know, five star Grand Prix and G1 burnout right now. Yeah. So it was like, if I don't have to watch wrestling, I was just playing Animal Crossing this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And get started on Sandman as well. We were talking sort of it's, like... I got to squeeze that in before House of the Dragon starts in a couple of weeks, so... Yeah, I made a good things on that. Yeah, desperate to, to like, oh, I fell, it sounds bad. I fell asleep watching it the other night, but I was just too tired. The issue was me. It wasn't Neil Gaiman or the Crayers of the Netflix show. But like you mentioned, House of the Dragon as well. It's, it's something definitely I'll be diving into. I, I'll let's see. It's been a long time since we've had that kind of throne star feeling. It's, we'll know within a couple of episodes I, I i need to feel good about hearing quiet in the realm and have it actually mean something where it involves me not being angry by the time i turn my tv off at the end of the hour so, <laughs> I, I i need i need game of thrones to, to hurt me in the right ways but at the same time i don't want to go to bed angry about it all the time mm. that's how we feel that about was that. the best 
Yeah, well, it, it's also how I very much feel about wrestling. Yes. <laughs> oh, we were saying this about AEW. That's very much the... Uh, I think AEW's become a little bit Game of Thrones. Like, at the bad end, though. Like, I, I love AEW. Oh, no. And is I'll, it? I'll, I'll, well, it's the, it's the... I think the best comparison is, like, I loved Game of Thrones for all of those seasons until, you know, we got to the last couple of seasons and it got a little bit... You know, there's so many... You know, we lost the book thread... And then the, yeah. the problem was they were trying to tell stories with all these disparate characters on all these disparate islands. And it just started getting like, you know what? Should we just have everyone teleport? Because it's like, it's too much effort to have everyone travel across yeah. this land for, you know, season two, you get characters spending the entire season going from north to south. And then the last yeah. season, be like, okay, we'll buy the dragons now. Here we are. It's like, like I'm going to sneeze. Oh, look, I'm at the wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think... <laughs> I think AEW's kind of got because there was that like big kickoff this week where that idiot got on his um yeah. well, I don't know what 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 social media platform was on but he posted that that video where he was going on about how you know Mance Warner being on Rampage you know am I supposed to know who that guy is that video that was there doing the rounds oh, this week that guy I mean that's always been something that AEW hasn't been strong about. Like they bring people in that they know, mm. but they don't explain it enough to the casual audience. So it's like, you know, in a prime example would be a couple of weeks ago when Miyu Yamashita showed up to fight, mm. fight Thunder Rosa. And that's a very big deal for people who know who she is. But if you don't explain that, people are like, why, do I, why should I care about this? Yeah. And like, I was a- mad watching that match on Dynamite or Fight for the Fallen because I was like, what? Why is nobody care? Nobody knows how important this match is, and that's it's they think... they kind of have that Game of Thrones season eight where they're trying to wrap all the things up in like all and like just like cutting storylines and cutting characters out as quick as possible, and it's it's supposed to be different. Well, that guy it's got supposed... that guy got so much grief. I think it was TikTok he posted the video on, like, and most of it was sent because it was going. Well, you can just Google it, and that is true. But I also yes, think that's maybe, but... maybe a symptom of, of bad writing in a lot of ways. And yeah. the, the other thing where the Game of Thrones comparison comes in is like, it's not even, you know, I think this week with Mance Warner, they did actually a better job than normal of explaining who he is and having a little video package and making it get that amount of importance. But it's not even so much for me about the knowing who these people are. It's more about investment. Like with Game of Thrones near yes. the end, you can't possibly be invested in this amount of new characters constantly being all, launched. All at yet. the same time. Yeah, all these New Japan guys, all these ROH guys. Oh, and here's an indie guy who's on for a week. Here's another guy who's on for a week. I can't, somebody replied to me on Twitter about it going like, the other thing is, unlike a Game of Thrones, but you can kind of figure out, okay, that's just a one-off character. He's the owner of a bar and I'm never going to see him again. With AEW, he might yeah. be back next week. He might be just permanently part of the roster now you don't know what level of engagement to give it and just no one it's for me it's if this was a tv show we'd be lambasting it for for bad writing for expecting us to invest in all of this stuff it's just it's not reasonable it's not you know good uh, good tv production one of my my caveats about everything that AEW has been doing recently is they've been around for over three years now they don't have a streaming, a single singular streaming service where they house all of Dark Dynamite Rampage. There's no mm. consistent singular place where I can go for all their information. I don't know who's on the roster, who's not on the roster, who's visiting, who's you know there for an extended period of time, and it makes it very difficult for me to invest myself because I don't know who's gonna be there from week to week, other than your Daniel Bryan's and you know your uh, Blackpool Combat Club and you know the Bucks and all the and you know the people that that are regularly on tv but it's all the people that they should be elevating 
that are the ones that are constantly feel like you know the dead extras in any like epic game that you're gonna play or, or any movie you're gonna watch it's like are they here long enough for me to care yeah 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 and to that point as well it's like you know to come like there was the other big it wasn't a big news story but there was a little of like, bit of like kickoff this week about you know miro and andrade you know sneakily liking a couple of tweets talking about like their their tv time and stuff like that and again that's another one you could dismiss as maybe not connected to all of this but i do think that that is you know there are as much as it's good to have a tv show where a lot is happening and there's a you know a lot to enjoy you can't, there are negatives to doing too much and having too many characters because i i've always said this to jp a lot of times with aw my biggest barrier this last year and i think rusev is a Miro is a great example of this he's been in aw two years like two full years has and it I, been two years already yeah and i saw somebody <gasps> i saw somebody say you know has Miro had a better aw run than wwe run or is no it he hasn't and they I, strapped the rocket to him in wwe for it and, and my immediate response wanted to be no way is aw runs way better because i prefer the presentation of miro at least as a character in aw compared to what he was near the end of wwe but when you think about it two years on has he really excelled up the card is he really more important or is he another one of those big characters who you know just gets every every now and then he's got to wait for his six weeks of tv time where he's mixed up now in whatever the alistair black thing is with eight other people on screen and you know is he is the is he a higher more prestigious character in aw is there a path to the main event for him or is he just another one of 30 characters on a tv show that are all fighting for time it just feels like sometimes that when with all the layoffs that uh, WWE had in the last two years, it was kind of like when there's a sale on the PlayStation store and like that DLC pack that you really, really wanted with all those extra characters finally was like half price. Hmm. And Tony just scooped everybody up. But now he has all these people and he doesn't know what to do with them all. Hmm. He has all this programming, but he there's no even distribution. If, if you want to make Ring of Honor into a viable separate brand, start putting some people just on ring of honor and build that up don't don't have the same people wednesday friday whenever ring of honor airs plus shove everybody else onto dark and dark elevation and your eight other youtube channels like there needs to be an equal distribution of work because that if you don't if you only focus on the same people who only get tv time it's you're you're not maximizing your resources and you're not spotlighting enough people consistently because Ring of Honor could be its whole entire whole entire thing. It should be the YouTube's thing, really. At this point, dark or dark elevation. It's like, do you need both of them? I get the purpose more of dark. Dark elevation appeared to be a project to get Paul White to do commentary. You remember him? He came yeah. in for a bit. <laughs> just, just suddenly, he's he's like, oh my god, he's there. Um, and I mentioned Buddy Matthews uh, later on as well. I mean, it, it's there might be a, an interesting kind of state of play with WWE and how they are about hirings and other stuff like that, where you might see some people, I think kind of slightly moving on. I mean, the Rusev news you've given there is, is like, that's kind of shocked me to my core because like we've moaned about like the, the gamer Rusev stuff as you know, and he says in the chat, what a waste of six months, a waste of six months. Like that one match at the end. Yeah, that was fun. And it was a great moment with, you know, where is my mind by the pixies blaring out? But like, it, it was a, it's an ethereal thing. Um, we're not getting like, it's the substantial storylines, I think. And you can only get that when you're focusing in on a few people 
at yeah. various points in time. It's so that, ultimately, it, yeah, mm. it's that rise through the roster. I think when, when like because that the Rero thing shocked me that it's been two years. It just got me thinking. You know, who in AEW over the last two years has organically risen up the roster? Is there even a a roster to rise up to? Is there a path to go through or? is the difference between now and two years ago. Everyone's still kind of in the same spots. You know, your Darby Allen, your Miro's, your, you know, your Andrade's and other guys who come in a bit a bit later. There's just like five more of them in every position. You know, it's like... I think the difference... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Oh, God. I was going to say, yeah, Karen, if you try and like picture that roster, you know, like if it was an even yeah. game or something where you've got your main event, your upper mid-card, your mid-card, your lower mid-card. I think in a way there's a distinctive main event, but as far as those other levels to climb up, I don't think they really exist. I think everyone's just in stasis in one place, waiting for that six-week title run, maybe a TNT title run or a rando tag title run, or you know they get thrown a thrown a bone with something like that. You know, like a Scorpio Sky who's just randomly the TNT champion for a short amount of time, but nobody actually seems to move, and that's interesting. They look this far along in the uh, the promotion. Well, the thing with me was that, like, there, there for a while, it felt like people were starting to slot into place and starting to climb. The problem is, is that as they were starting to climb, the WWE releases started happening, mm-hmm. and you know, CM Punk came out of retirement, Daniel Bryan decided he wanted to jump over. So all of that, they, people were climbing, but then like a plateau, or I don't want to say glass ceiling, but it was like somebody tempered their momentum, and then they've started putting stacking on top. So it's one of those things where, you know, some people ha- started having that, but as much as I love everything that's going on right now w- with regards to, you know, guys like Claudio winning the Ring of Honor World Championship, there were people that were, like, in Ring of Honor when it closed last year and weren't brought back. And, I mean, I, I get the hits. like the, I understand the importance of the history, but it's it's the... Are they going to start derailing momentum of people that they've had in-house for years? Or are they going to find a way to weave, like, old historical Ring of Honor into the new fabric? Of, like, I, I don't know what they're doing with that. Yeah. And if they were to do some of that, it could, like, sieve off some of, like, the the stoppage that's going on near the top where it's all bottlenecked right now. I don't know whether an answer is we've talked about like what you do with Rampage. Like we talked about could Rampage be you know the the women of AEW show, you know, that trademark that the AEW women that they trademark. All elite women. Could uh, it be I would a- not be mad at that. Could it be ROH Rampage? You know, it basically is. It's the Jay Lethal show now. Like <laughs> it's basically what we've uh, is, what we've it? wound up with. You know, maybe I don't know, maybe that's a hard sell to, to TNT to go by the way, but giving you our our sub brand. Maybe that would be a way of like separating things out, but yeah, it's just there's a lot going on right now, isn't there? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of good intentions involved, but the problem is, is that it's all trying to be done by one person who does a lot of different things, both inside of wrestling and outside of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the plates are all going to fall at the same time because he's going to burn out and stop being able to spin everything. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things like nobody wants to see that happen, but at the same time, he needs to let go of a little bit of control and find people that he can trust to run some of these things. Like give me was- Chris hero and put him on ring of honor and like have them work with the, the newer, younger guys that are stuck working on dark and dark elevation, put them into ring of honor. Let that be their thing where they work with old ring of honor. Kind of not like the original NXT where it was like mentor mentee, but like if you want to weave old and new together, you need to have, you need to have somebody behind the loom 
running things. Yeah, especially with like you said, and they could have so much going on. What was that, JP? Sorry, you broke up a bit. Uh, yeah, sorry, my my internet has decided to go to pieces during during all of this. It, <laughs> it, no, it's just fascinating to listen there because it's it's the idea of well, if you use developmental properly, then you've got yourself like a, a kind of really fascinating product and it but it just needs streamlining down it's like at this point aw has become like so kind of upper mid card heavy that really it's like a football team and it's basing it's like buying just midfielders like i don't want to go into fantasy football stuff we'll save that for thursday i was like wasn't but that last week for it you is, guys? It is the kind of, oh god it's it's every day Karen's like crack, <laughs> it really is. takes over it like when you're when you're debating a midnight Haaland for Kane, and this probably sounds like nonsense to you, but um, <laughs> but it is one of the things with this. It's like it's too top. You can't be too top heavy. You've got to kind of have a balance of a squad and things like that. And you know you kind of like in a, in a way for a man who has this data analytics, AEW doesn't feel very moneyball at times. Yeah, it feels like it was moneyball for a bit, and now it's all kind of gone out the window because they got the first TV deal, which get sort of relieved the financial pressure. Then at that point afterwards, you had them going, like all of the releases happened. And this is where we enter the interesting world of who's going to stay and who's going to go. Because there'd be a lot of people who jumped over going, do you know what? There's a, you know, fresh broom in WWE with someone who I know and has been a top line wrestler and seems to have good man management skills as much as it's, you know, the uh, night, the 2001 version of me is just disgusted with myself for ever making that statement. But that's <laughs> the kind of position that, you know, it's about that idea of what people will choose to go back, how they'll be used as well. And I suspect the next set of releases that we'll end up seeing from WWE will actually be those kind of older talent, perhaps who've been there for like a really long time where they're going, actually, there's not really a lot more we can do with them. Don't know how I brought around to that again, but there we are. <laughs> Well, that's the negative stuff. But we did say we got you on, Karen. We'll talk some uh, some positive. We've yes. Got, got some relatively big uh, WWE news to get into in a minute before we do get into uh, to New Japan and Stardom with you. Sorry, we're hijacking you here, Karen, and making you talk about all kinds no, of No, you're fine. We didn't, uh, we didn't promise. But, My uh... evening belongs to Grapple because apparently <laughs> I'm also Grapple's Karen we, Peterson. Yeah, we still so... you got to show yes. me. I'm, a, I'm part of the team now. <laughs> I, I'm just in the passenger seat letting you guys drive. Is this Spotlight or the Karen Peterson show, which is apparently a thing, Karen, that me and you both found out? Uh, I is. was unaware of that. That was a call by JP. I have never requested just that. It in there. I wanted I'm... that, though. I wanted that to be the impression of, like, Jesus, Karen's demanding, like, shows. I and am not. And... How dare you, sir? Your audacity. Just a note to John away. We're not talking trying to about me that. saying, I'm, saying I'm a prima donna. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like Mariah Carey style behavior. Here. Yeah, absolutely not. That's just too much work. <laughs> I'm too old for that. Please. Uh, but on that note, yeah, before we do get into the, the, the new stuff, uh, yeah, on AEW in general, the worst, I did think right. there were, you know, outside of Dynamite, mm-hmm. there were some, uh, some good uh, matches on TV this week. Got to give credit to uh, to Claudio and, uh, and to Kester, um from uh, from Battle of the Belts this week. That was a, you know, killer <laughs> match. Like, especially, you know, considering it was a, a tape show and going in and watching it going, ah, I'm not gonna care about this, and you and you, you know, you know, Takashi's never winning anyway because he never wins in AEW. But he's especially not winning on this tape show against Claudio. He managed to make me forget about that in the last ten minutes, and they had like this breakneck 
great pace of a of a match like the chemistry was like there from the start and it was just an absolute banger wasn't it as far as like tv wrestling goes like this Takeshita run like i know we, i think he's going back to japan soon is he not like they need to yes they need to wrap him up they need to get a contract signed apparently you know do to be a sniffing round looking for a i think Meltzer was saying this week you know tall uh good looking oh. japanese wrestlers who could uh possibly join them i mean you'd imagine as Meltzer uh posed to catch might be top of that list just just to be on the safe side safe side tony you know we're uh complaining about signing too many wrestlers on the one hand but as far as someone <laughs> who you've given a lot of tv time to lately and has gotten over on his uh on his own merits he is somebody you'd like to uh, to see gone back especially on the uh, the strength of that match from battle of the belts one of the things that people have been telling me about Takeshita's run in AEW is that it's supposed to be a year-long event. So mm-hmm. he came over in April. He's going back for Russell Peter Pan. I think that's the week after next on or on the twenty the weekend of the twentieth or twenty first. Yeah. And then he'll be he did a live stream with Emi Sakura about a week or so ago saying that he'll be in Japan till the end of September. And then he's coming back to the States to finish out the rest of that year. So he'll be back. It's just what they choose to do with him. And if you know if if the, the 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 good old uncle Uncle Paul is sniffing around now, because you know Triple H knows talent, but a lot of DDT fans, at least the diehard ones I know, all firmly believe at the end of that one year he's taking everything he's learned here and going back, like kind of like a young lion learning surgeon where he's going back permanently. That he won't be making the U.S. a permanent choice for him. Right, I see. Hopefully, there maybe yeah. There's hope there that he can do more at least on you know little little periods over and stuff like that. That could be it. Could be more. I I wouldn't be mad with him having a title. Mm. It doesn't need to be the top title. It can be you know one of the middle titles. It could be the ROH pure title for all I care. I don't know. Just give him something to do. But he's he's got himself over with no promo time, just having matches in the ring with like kind of bigger names and being showcased. And I think the thing that I really like about Takeshita is this, and what I loved about the match is he's not particularly flashy, nope. but he does everything so well. Yes. Like you realize this is a guy who's been in there for 10 years and it absolutely shines through. There was a, a great thread I read about the sort of links with El Generico, Sami Zayn and uh, Takeshita as well, um, which was something that Excalibur made mention of which is impossible for them to go into on TV, but it's like a kind of a nice little aside of it. And it shows like, I mean, this is a guy who we have heard about being a prodigy for quite some time. And he feels like he's going into that role. It's just that I imagine for him, the the place he'd want to achieve it. And it's difficult to say, because is there not a limit to him being in DDT? And if there's other companies who are wanting to go in for him, if you're Bushi Roads, if you're, you know, if you're New Japan, if you're, you know, if you're if you're Noah, do you think to yourself, right, we go in there and big, big bucks. This is a guy you can bring in and you want to bring in near the top of the card. I don't see New Japan doing that side of it, making that kind of an offer. Mm, not New Japan, but since Noah's in the same parent company, <laughs> they could easily and they've had they've done oh, talent yeah. exchanges before where they could easily shuffle him back and forth. And the thing is, is that Takeshi's style since he's come here has evolved more towards you know, a, not just a, an international style, but more of a New Japan Noah style than it does in DDT. But from what I, I gather, he still enjoys doing comedy wrestling. So he probably still wants to go back to DDT and be, you know, he has that pride inside of him that it like, even though they have the comedy background, yeah. there is serious wrestling in DDT as well. Yeah, with Endo. And the, yeah, there, there is. It's, it's that oh, kind Endo. of... 
<laughs> is he back from injury now? Because yes, obviously he had the injury at Cyberfight. He fight. is back. He got okay. cleared from his concussion. I think he, I believe he has a, he's either in a tag match or a trios match at Russell Peter Pan. Okay. And but he's that, back. And that's a Budokan show as well, isn't it? So that's one of the, the bigger it's shows. One, it's, it's, it's their big show of the big solo show of the year outside of Cyberfight Fest, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's it's it's but he is he's one of those guys where there's that immediate crowd connection. I think that's the thing that you kind I got kind of instantly. I was like, people are really into his matches, and this happens on an every like every week. And even the squash match he had yeah, on Rampage, Rampage yeah. which I think was taped after this, wasn't it? I think they pretended it was yeah. before, but it was after that was kind of weird. Um, but even there, he looked great, and he's looked great in. In yeah. every um, AW appearance, but no, I'd go four stars on that um, as a match as yep. far as like a, a TV match goes. Thought it was uh, it was really strong. It was probably I don't know best AW match of the week. Um, I thought I enjoy I did enjoy you know for like the criticisms of bringing in yet another new guy. I think uh, Mansa and a uh, Moxley, you know, typical Moxley. Someone's got a juice. Um, but that was a uh, you know as far as Rampage goes, I thought that was a a great opener. Um, any thoughts on that one, Kyra, oh, or Moxley. any other highlights from the? Uh, the AWTV this week. How about you, JP? Yeah. I thought, I mean, there was stuff across Rampage and Battle of the Belts that were fine. I thought the Madison Rain debut wasn't necessarily great, but I don't know. I, I It's strange because they've like brought her in straight into the title feud with Jade Cargill, who's already meant to be feuding and we haven't had the match with Athena yet. And then there's the whole Chris Statlander kind of feud that's ongoing as well. So that all felt incredibly odd and not really necessary. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just sort of uh, uh, looking now at AEW. I mean, it, it's, I thought the it, Wardlow and Jay Lethal stuff on it on Battle of the Belts was weird. Like that was like I, <laughs> I, I it's just, setting I, up a Satnam Singh match, which I'm curious <laughs> about. I won't lie, I'm curious. I mean, you want to see him powerbomb and that's about it. I suppose that's the selling point. Isn't yeah, it? I, I don't know. This this whole Jay Lethal faction just feels solo rent for me even even for roh it just feels very i don't know it's just something just gray and mid and low rent about it just not not a fan of anybody in, in the roles in a and this thing sanjay i don't think satnam singh particularly and as we've talked about the most uh threatening big man you'll ever see let's open dynamite power bombs and when it's over um i could I do with less of those lads on me telly i don't know if you've seen the documentary karen about satnam singh oh, i have not he's a lovely lad I wasn't I'm sure getting... he is, but he's a bit beige curtains to me. He does nothing for me. Yeah, he just mm. he just kind of hangs out. It's a visual yeah. you're waiting for, That's and like if the you can stable, be taken up beige for... curtains, the stable. That's them, <laughs> and the title of the show. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I think outside of that, I think that's pretty much most of the things on on AEW. Stokely has the way signing up Ethan Page, who appears to be on his like third manager and. Very, Would but still the same gimmick of yeah. <laughs> That's basically now is is that the impression? That sounds like really harsh. I quite I like Ethan Page. Me too. I've like elements of his run in AEW. He just is someone who, when we talk about like the log jam, there's no chance he can move up mm. because no. there's so many other people that are brought in, and he's someone who you think like if they allowed him on the mic for long enough, would he be the kind of person who'd get over to a serious degree? But where is the space to put him in that type of a feud? And he didn't really need a mouthpiece. That's no, the other thing as he well. He was fine on his own when he was in Impact, so I don't understand why they, they keep insisting on putting him in groups or with a manager of any kind. Anyone yeah. didn't need one, it's him, isn't it? Yeah, he's a 
great yeah. promo like he is he's 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 very like prolific he doesn't he doesn't need a manager i don't i don't think he needs this material either because like when he was on the indies yeah, that was always the comparison like him and mjf felt like they were the only two guys on a lot of like the you know high prestige indie shows who could actually talk and he'd always be like like not budget mjf but like oh he's he's, he's a bit like mjf he's just maybe not quite as good a promo but he's all right in his own right like giving him this so oh, the company's against me i'm not got enough tv time kind of rant on tv out of nowhere when i feel like he was on tv about four weeks ago like i don't, I don't know if it was that long ago that he was uh last featured with uh with scorpio sky and the uh the mma lads just thought that was uh it's just a bit odd casting really i feel like He's one of those many people he had in that mid card where they just don't really know what to do with him. Yeah. Should should also go into the breaking news here, Benno. Yeah. That's, uh, that's gone in. Well, moving on from AEW, and yeah, there is uh, some breaking news, is there, thanks to it. Can you guess what it's about? Are you aware of it, Karen? <laughs> A few people have been alerting us uh, in the chat. Um, Could it be that there's been more discovers about scandalous ongoings involving money? Apparently, yeah, WB investigators, according to Dave Meltzer on uh, on Twitter, have found another Swear five million in payments that were made <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, related to Vince McMahon. Payments to two people oh, in 2007 Dave. and 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go, top that up. Apparently, the uh, WWE uh, earnings is going to be uh, delayed at this point because of uh, because of that. This is going to be interesting. I have to say, I'm, I'm like thinking about this. This is holy sh! Twenty million? Are you kidding me? Yeah, twenty million in total. We're at now. That's the, that's a totted up total so far. That's what it is. Know. Apparently, it's a new filing from the visa. Brandon Pearson's um, got on Twitter. Yeah, it's nineteen point six million. To, uh, no, to be exact. Yeah, but uh, yeah, apparently they've had to put a statement out saying the board of directors uh, obviously announced that special committee and the committee have found uh, further. Uh, Further amounts uh, and together these unrecorded expenses total nineteen point six million, um, and yeah, they should have been recorded as expenses in each of the periods, and the accounts are, are going to be amended. And it does say mm-hmm. the special committee investigation remains ongoing. Um, That's, so messy. That's so messy. Yeah. That's so messy. This is absolutely messy as all hell. But is this completely unsurprising? No. Him doing this, I'm expecting him to find more. Like, mm. there's already the stuff that we kind of all know about publicly. But well, my question is, at what point do they arrest him? Like, is it <sighs> not is it not fraud at a certain point that he's misusing company funds? Is it not embezzlement at a certain point if he's not using company funds? Like, I don't I, I'm not a lawyer, but I feel mm. like there needs to be more ramifications than just getting his toys taken away from him. And he yeah. still holds majority voting power. With his share, that the, the shares have been thing? He should, he should. Mm. Th- it's very <laughs> Trumpian. Yeah, I it's think... like Trump not divulging like his businesses during well, his presidency. Well, he had a little bit of a, a flub this morning in Yield, Florida. So you know what? Florida, well done. Maybe in retirement he was knocking around at Trump's house, and that's why the police turned, why the FBI turned off. It's uh, you know, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, this uh, this new filing has well confirmed uh, John Laurinaitis' uh, separation from WWE, which uh, obviously was reported over the uh, the last two days. Mm. Um, they they note him as uh, another executive who is no longer 
with the company. So yeah, takes the payments from Vince from uh, two to seven. Should state it is apparently his own own money that he he did use for these cases. But obviously, you know, as far as accounting goes, he should have been reporting them because it was you know saving the company's uh, back from uh, any kinds of a uh, kickoff. But yeah, it's one of them. I think we said at the time, JP, we expected that there to be more allegations coming forward as far as like ones yeah. that have. You know, you know, maybe ones that where people didn't make complaints or, you know, there weren't existing cases on. You know, maybe people who'd feel, you know, bolder about coming out and making allegations against Vince, but didn't really consider that there's probably going to be more that, yeah, WWE um, should have known about and uh, where uh, we're involved in this big money. 20 million of his money is spent on this. Insane. How much was that Saudi deal he signed a few years back? Yeah, I'll pay for that, won't I? Yeah. Um, well, yet saying that, yeah, the shares went up when he left, so he probably made that twenty mil back right away. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's not going to be. That's crying the depressing about it. thing. Well, it's and, that, and therein lies the problem. Like we speak about Vince being gone, he's the majority shareholder, yeah. and he holds the vast majority of the voting rights on the board. Like still, and I know, like when we had Will on, Will had, Will had explained, well, there's things that the board will do, like you'll be torpedoing on his own company if he directly gets involved. But he still profits off this, and we yeah. still profit off any potential sale. So it's like it's this. It ties in very much with what we know about the corporate world in terms of people getting away with it. With all he has a golden parachute. Exactly, he gets a golden parachute whilst at the same time, con, you know allegations about his conduct misconduct like over the years historically the culture within the company all of those things effectively go away kind of unresolved you can see how this is playing out with wwe effectively going okay we've got got clean broom here we've got younger people in we're getting this kind of older guard out i imagine then at that point you'll start to see some you know there'll be they'll change they'll need to be seen to be changing it around internally enough to show that they're actually making direct changes. I expect in the meantime, though, as a company, they'd be better off saying if they've got all of these allegations, coming out and being public with them all and putting them out there straight away, it's the only way. Because ultimately what's happening here is, is that Vince is very much, as he should be, the absolute fool guy here. Oh, yeah. All of the things going on to. And I'm not saying that in the sense of like he's like a patsy being set up. He's the person who deserves this 150%. It's a long time coming for like over 40 years. He's made his bed. It's time for him to lie in it. It is. And if he can be, and if Linda could take him to the cleaners as well while while we're at it, but you know, that would be, you know, very much the chef's kiss on this one. (laughs) But yeah. And the FBI. The idea of him still not making an appearance. Yeah. But like, if, at it. <laughs> it feels like any of the sort of you know references to him to he's just decided to retire and whatnot they'll become a lot more distant we're going to see a lot less of that and him talking more, more much about new regimes well, i think this idea that like there was ever a chance that vince could have stayed on uh, i suppose it's possible knowing what he's like and you know knowing mm. the company he keeps but you know this stuff continuously coming on the fact that you know uh, Will's just put in our chat the fact that the uh, the earnings call is uh, is now delays. You know, I don't think even he could have you know withstood this storm. And yeah, they can they can frame it like, well, he's gone now, so you know we're gonna uh, we're gonna sort all this out. But this probably won't be the last. I mean, not the not the greatest segue in the world. But before we get to Japan stuff, we've been watching <laughs> any uh, any WWE uh, current is uh, is Vince being gone and Triple H being in charge giving you. Any motivation to, I mean, uh, to check out Raw and SmackDown? 
I was in the middle of live streaming during SummerSlam, and everyone's like, Karen, put it on. And I'm like, I don't want to put on something. They're like, EO, EO's back. And I'm like, oh, son of, just when I, it's like, it's like a bad breakup. Like, just when you think that person's out of your life, <laughs> they show up and they say that one thing, and you're like, mother, mm, you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you I feel like the hook has just been like sat right here, and I'm like, yeah. Do I want to go back to this? Am I okay going back to this? But like, you know, with Dakota back, with Bailey back, I'm like, maybe I will watch some of it for the women because a lot of a lot of favorites from NXT that got released were the women that I had from most of my time in NXT in NXT, especially with the Mayon Classic. All of those girls got a lot of them got let go. So if if Uncle Paul is gonna start working his magic and start bringing all his favorite kids back home. If he could bring one Jonathan Gargano to the table, I would not be mad about it. But then again, the selfish part of me wants a DIY reunion with Ciampa, but you know, because I need some, I need some good tag team wrestling on on WWE again. There was a tag team on the main roster I could get on board with. I won't lie, the I don't the, know about that myself. Like. <laughs> yeah, the the main events between them. I, I don't think they'd ever get the belts, but I just oh. I just always go back to their match with the revival at NXT yeah. Toronto, and I think of what could wistfully think of what could have been when it comes to like we always talk about how dry the tag teams division feels on mm -hmm. wwe um, on most promotions anyway but wwe in particular is that you know as much as i love the usos and i love the new day and i love you know street profits a lot of the tag teams always feel like they just taking two people that are singles wrestlers and be like boom you're a tag team now and when they did that with chomp and gargano it felt organic and it worked but a lot of other teams don't have that so it's like i need I need someone or something to make my love for WWE to come back in full force, but it takes more than just bringing EO. I mean, she does, she does a lot for it, honestly, because mm. I'm a huge fan, but at the same time, I'm like, I need a little bit more. Were you surprised she signed? Well, the thing is, is that I was under the impression that she w was under contract for at least another year. So oh, okay. I, I it, it's one of those things like when they move them up from NXT, from NXT to Maine, they extend the roster. They, I believe they extend their contract some. So it, it's like her NXT contract may have been finally finished because she was transitioning to the main roster. But it's one of those things where before she had that rumored foot injury, she was, you know, she had showed up at like t a couple of SmackDowns, I believe, before that all happened. So it was the, I was like, I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting for a very much long overdue. Like with, with Asuka, Kyrie, and Io. Their main roster call-ups were done way too late. And they like because they basically left them there to pick up the mess every time the main roster would like whisk away like a significant part with call-ups. Yeah. So it's just like with 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 EO, I'm not surprised. I feel like she's been she did her time in, in NXT long enough that even if she if even if she has just like one year left on her contract. If she can get that main roster payday, which she hasn't been given the last four years, fine. Wait a year. I'll take a year. If it, it's more than that, I'll take more than that. But as long, again, my thing with anybody that chooses to resign or to stay, as long as they're getting taken care of and they're getting paid what they're worth, that's all I can ask for. Like, do I want them to be champion? Yes. Do I want better booking for them? Yes. But you know what? At the end of the day, as long as they're getting paid what they're worth, that's. I'll I'll cheer for her regardless of where she's at. 
I think in this Triple H-led WWE, I think he's going to be taking care of, you know, the people that, you know, he, yeah. that he was clearly a fan of, you know, in that NXT era. You know, like, personally, don't ever want to see Champa or Gargano ever wrestle each other ever again. I'll take them as a team. <laughs> But you can tell Triple H, you know, Gargano's got to be coming. I'm surprised he wasn't on Raw this week. But, you know, Champa's already, you know, being taken more seriously, you know, coming out with the the Harley robe and, you know, being given kind of, you know, pride of place on the show now rather than just purely being Mrs. Sidekick. And then the big two, yeah. You know, if you ever wanted to sign that. I will say here, JP, whether it's good or bad, and I think the people he's choosing are bad, it's a good sign, I think, overall, that Triple H is willing to bring people back who Vince got rid of. You know, the people he's bringing back, it's unfortunate who he's picking. Killer Cross and Dexter Loomis ended SmackDown and Raw, you know, Friday and Monday is like, it doesn't exactly excite me as far as uh, two wrestlers go. I'm not a big fan of Dexter Loomis gimmick and Killer Cross is just never happening to me. But it at least shows that, you know, Triple H is willing to be Mm. bold and willing to, you know, whether it's right or wrong, bring people back that that Vince clearly, you know, his his pet projects that Vince killed off on main roster, you know, that, you know, Killer Cross, you know, remember what he came You mean you're not a a big fan of the artistic serial killer chef that is... (laughs) (laughs) it's like i mean it's so on the nose could you just at least call him sam it's 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 too on the nose dr loomis from halloween it's like it's it's it honestly is it's like the idea of i like gta vice city but very clearly it's a group of lads watching scarface again and again on a loop and thinking yeah this is good writing this is good research (laughs) we're doing into this as well and it's the same thing a lot of the time however you're right the signal it sends is a very good thing because people will either work or they don't work and they'll get rotated down but the acknowledgement that the top end and the same faces and the staleness and a lot of that stuff needs to change is something that's big in in there as well i think we've said as well last week it's like there's going to be an extended focus on the women because i think triple h sees them as like actually this is the division that is hot or a lot of the time like with feels like much more depth at the top end of it rather than like, you know, you look at Roman Reigns once you get past Brock Lesnar, it starts to become slim pickings very, very quickly. And you don't really have the same issue on the women's side. So I think there's going to be, he's could be going all out and likewise expect Sasha Banks and Naomi oh, they've got to, to be, be in, yeah, back there as well. They, they have to be. Yeah. My other hope is that eventually Dakota Kai will finally get her justice against Shayna Baszler. <laughs> and yes. if I don't also know if push, by the way, Shayna she, Baszler. Yeah, she's getting more finally Baszler Rousey for the love of Christ. Like how I hard keep, is that? Every, I keep wanting her to pitch Rhonda out at the rumble. Like I just want one yeah. year where Shayna, like, you know, like, they gives her that, like, let's do this together. And then she just was whoop. And just like judo throws her right over the uh, top rope. Yeah. Fine. End of it. Mm. But Tegan Knox is another one or, you know, uh, Nixon Newell. Mm. I want, I, I, if she still has interest in wrestling, it's my hope that she would get brought back because like, I just felt like what they did with her on main, they just cut her way too quick. Mm. But that's if she wants, if that's what she, if like, and again, anyone who comes back, as long as that's what they want and it's not just grabbing at whatever they can get their hands on. I'll just take fresh, fresh face and logic. Yeah, yeah, they, they I'll are. take them JP over like like Simon says here. You know, unfortunately, the problem with the people he's choosing right now, Dexter Loomis and Karrion Cross, is it's literally the worst year. You know, it's that NXT that everyone had kind of stopped watching near the end, and a couple of those characters might be the reason why. You know, um, 
But, you know, Part yeah. of me wants to know if Scarlet's still wrestling because apparently she is a great wrestler. So I, I, I don't know if she's fine being just a manager, but I've seen her do a Canadian Destroyer in high heels, and I'm just like, why? Why aren't you? Why aren't Jesus you Christ. a champion somewhere? I could go wrong in a number of ways, <laughs> as well. Like it really could. could. Someone's she's eyes. A she's a professional. <laughs> it's the leap off the second rope onto the like. That's where things could go badly wrong. Um, I, to be honest, I, I always thought it was, seemed like a very much a Vince ism where he would say, say like a Selena Vega, you know, a character that works, and he's like, right, I'm, you know, better at, like as a manager and everything else had that kind of real presence, and it's like, right, yeah, I'm going to remove all of that and take it away. I think Triple H will live, you know, regardless. He loves this killer cross gimmick, and I do have to point out. If you're turning around like an egg timer, you can't go TikTok as well. That's two very different different ways of keeping time. <laughs> it bothered me when I, was, but I watched for shame. I looked at a little bit of of SmackDown on the on the um, BT Sports app because I saw Killer Cross a debut and I went, I, I have to see. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm just. You like, like, are they going to make it right off the set of Ric Flair's last match? You would have thought he'd like get yeah. a haircut before he got there because he still looks like he can't, like he can't be bothered. He still looks like uh, like ex WWE star carrying cross. You know, he needs to, uh, you know, at least get that buzz cut going again and uh, get him back. So it's cross on vacation. Yeah, it is. Yeah. He doesn't know if it's going to stick or not, so he's just like, I'm going to wait this out before I, you know, commit to the look again. You still control your narrative, cross, which is not the uh, the the the, the, uh, <sighs> the line of uh, thinking you want to be. But, in, but yeah, I, as Will says in the chat here, JP, I think you know a good point is like Triple H is, you know, he's one of he's he's obsessed with two things. Will puts it, you know, proving he was right, and I'll add he's obsessed with being a babyface on the internet because I think those years in the early two thousands when Triple H and Jeff Jarrett were the the biggest heels on, you know. Choose your forum, Death Valley Drive, UK fan forum, whatever your <laughs> your wrestling discourse was taking place. Like I feel like that, that harmed Triple H. And in the years since, especially with NXT, like NXT wasn't really about creating the next John Cena or Batista or Randy Orton. It was just about babyface and Triple H amongst the most hardcore fans. It was like he was running for office. Absolutely. And he kind of did it. <laughs> and I feel like he's he doing it again. He's going to be trying yes. to babyface himself and take those easy wins that will make him... You know, it's the easiest, it's the biggest layup in the world. Do a better job than Vince McMahon, who's doing a, done a horrendous yeah. job booking that company for the last 20 years. And, you know, just my, he's getting minor wins. You know, I'm not doing somersaults about SmackDown and Raw that I watched this last week. I mean, Raw, I watched the first hour and then and then uh, Better Call Saul started. So I turned it off and then tuned back in later <laughs> on. But the way, you know, that's probably the way to do it. I still don't want to sit down and watch a three hour Raw. But there were some positive, you know, things in there. A couple of good matches that that were on there. You know, guys like Chad Gable getting to go out there and you know sh show how good he is in the ring. Rey Mysterio and Finn Balor was a surprisingly uh, good match on there. Even AJ and Miz wasn't. Was Dominic anywhere near the place? Well, they're doing a whole thing with him, and maybe he's gonna take. He's just he constantly getting beaten up by Rhea Ripley, which is a great role for Dominic. I'd rather he did that than did anything else. But like Fine. that was good. Like champ. Champa and um, Bobby Lashley had a good match on there. And again, there is the problem it's a three-hour Raw. But I think having slightly better matches, having a little bit more logic, you know, building up the US title is something important. Those easy wins, even, and I hate bringing this up because I think people make too much of a deal out of it, but saying the word wrestler, naming the referees, these stupid Vince McMahonisms, you know, of, of the past... 
it's so easy if you're Triple H to babyface yourself among like wrestling fans are going, oh, things are different just with those slight changes. I mean, I'll I'll take Kevin Dunn getting fired wholesale and the you know the whole production end of it getting revamped, but you know those big changes can come later. Those little changes seem like easy wins for him so far, Karen. The one thing I need commentary to stop doing is pretending like anyone who comes from NXT that has a wrestling background that they all originated in NXT. Because when, you know, Io was having her match, they're like, Bailey's taking Io under her wing. I'm like, she Io's been wrestling longer than Bailey has. Yeah. Wow. Dakota Kai deba- debuted before Bailey did. So it's one of those things like I need that that consistency where I, I don't want everyone to think that yes, her career is only four years long. No, her career is fifteen years long. I need that, I need the erasure of like work outside of WWE not to be cherry picked when it matters and when it doesn't matter. I need it all to matter. Well, there's a whole like I mean, in many ways, what they need in an ideal world is because they've got these you know certain people there for a long time is they need the idea of people being allowed to kind of go away. So. I think it works in their favour to acknowledge the greater world of, of of wrestling. I often wonder if that just culturally is too big a step for them. Like Possibly. they've just indoctrinated into that mindset. Because even the idea that like I was I was referring to this when we did our Observe This podcast and the idea that in nineteen ninety one you could watch both WCW and WWF over here, but neither would acknowledge the other. Like it was like, why? This makes no sense. It'd be like the Premier League not referencing La Liga. Like, no, we don't talk about Barcelona or Real Madrid. They're just banned. Like, you know, that idea is like, it's it's not really going to happen. So it's whether or not they acknowledge it because it's, but then do we get into the idea of what, is he ultimately going to go back to the vision of what he saw wrestling as being, which was the, you know, he wanted to do the NXT Japan and I think the the Japanese market that will unite against NXT Japan happening, honestly. And I think, you know, NXT UK is moving to NXT by all accounts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because unfortunately, Gallus is moving moving to Florida. You're familiar with Gallus, Karen? Uh, That was, was that Wolfgang and somebody else? Go coffee and black coffee, yeah. Joke, oh, okay, the Coffee Brothers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I, I, like, I remember a bit of NXT UK. That was probably I was excited Sorry about, about it at. When... <laughs> 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 I was excited when they first established it. You know, back when they had the very first, when Tyler Bate was the very first champion, and then my my interest rapidly declined. Yeah, and then they brought in Satomura, and I just don't know what they're doing with it all, and how that entire promotion <laughs> has dodged the chopping block for the last two years. It's a, a much of a mystery to us as it, okay. it is to you, like honestly. And it's like, it's happening like down the road from where my mum used bottle. to live. Yeah, it is. It's so weird. Um, I assume some sort of tax write-off style situation. It's a pocket That's universe like that they don't want to talk about. I don't know. Yeah, it's very, but it feels like a lot of them are moving over. I think it's someone else who's moving over as well. Wolf, I think yeah, Charlie Dempsey. Oh, Wolf, like he's looked into that JP. How's he getting a flight? Never mind the contract in the US. <laughs> I don't I just know. Don't get it. They've offered nothing on NXT UK. I like, know. Uh, this is the I, mega. The Coffee the Brothers team. I could get is a big bruiser tag team title. I could Why is Triple understand H that. I want to do that. I still haven't recovered from what they did to Grizzled Young Veterans. So. Oh no! Are they still part? Of, they're part of a cult. I now, I, I saw one picture don't of it and I'm like, fuck this place, and I turned it off. <laughs> I was. Yeah. I I was that mad. I'm like, the hair. Yeah. What have you done to the hair? 
how dare you touch a single hair of them that magnificent magnificent cranium no no this doesn't work for me that'll be the real sign if triple h puts a mic back in zach gibson's hand if he like gives, gives champer a first name again all he's like you know because he, he wants to turn i just want to hear soon just one time guys <laughs> just once <laughs> Oh, this colour contract. What's his name now? Yeah, Rafa Fowler, Andy says in the chat, something like that. <laughs> Rip Fowler, is it? R.I.P. <laughs> Fowler. Rip Fa- is it Rip Fowler? Rafa Fowler, there's another possible uh, show title there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those are things that need fixing. Um, but yeah, there was some chat there in the uh, in the uh, in the live uh, Patreon uh, YouTube here of uh, some suggestions of uh, people Triple H might uh, bring back next. Uh, Brawny the Strowman is someone Andy doesn't want to oh, see. No. I don't know if Roman and Bray Wyatt, Simon uh, poses. Will he see three be back after the uh, is that CY original Bray again? Wyatt? Is it over Bray Wyatt? Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, come back I as like we'll the man in original like, uh, Hawaiian shirt and the, straw uh, hat, hat, Florida shirt. Doing a mimic of Robert De Niro in Cape Fear, I'm fine with that. But then I was all right with Waylon Mercy, and that died on its ass. So I don't know why I would like. But if he did this and just, for a laugh, don't have him talk. Hmm. Just curious. Just Do don't have him talk. Just don't have Bray Wyatt talk for a bit. Just like have him come out as a cold killer heel. I, honestly, I think in its own weird way, it could work for them. If I start to see fiend based stuff. You kind of go, that's pure Vince. That's when Vince has to do, when it needs to be supernatural, doesn't it? Like so it. that's when we get Deathmatch Alexa versus Bray, right? Yeah. Like, with actual blood. None of this like like goopy stuff. No, I want like little barbed wire pigtails and a baseball bat. And I'm not a Deathmatch girl, but I need I need them to end Imagine that it. once and for all. Proper well, see, FMW. Yes, if in the if you have serial killers like Zach Gibson, then put him... With Dexter Loomis, <laughs> I mean, you could have <laughs> Maybe, yeah. a whole vill- a rogues gallery of like terrifying men and women and people in in WWE at this rate. Oh, I, can, I can picture it now. I'm Bray, lead them all. No, I, I can I can yeah. see that those ones happening. Honestly, like we said at the time, we're not WWE fans, but well, we weren't, you know, especially during that period. But like Bray and Braun were proper shocks to us. You know, there's a WWE fan base that very much, you know, back yeah. those wrestlers, and they were very over to a certain type of fan. It wouldn't shock me if uh, Triple H makes moves to to bring people like that back, no matter what our feelings on them. Uh, I think we can expect a lot of that. I was right all along from Triple H. Nia Jax can stay far, 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 oh, far. She'll be next. Yeah. Far the fuck away. <laughs> from every promotion I care about. <laughs> yeah. Especially considering, yeah, she won't get vaccinated. So you probably do want to far, as far. You want her as far away from you as um, Sasha Florida, and uh, Naomi are from those fans. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> we, if, do you blame them? By the way, my only comment no, on that. They brought it on themselves. I felt bad one of those for the fans. I mean, if you like, if you pay for that meet and greet, though, like it is, like, did you see the bit the blokes like this side of the frame, like they're like literally the other side. It's like, but, I mean. but the thing is, is that they had the option for like either a part, or, like a clear, like acrylic partition, or right. is it a masking thing? Like, if if you wanted the photo, if you wanted your photo with her without the mask on, is that why they're so far apart, or is it even with a mask, she was still standing like eight feet away from you? Not that, but as far as I know, even I, without masks, it was still the distance thing. That's what it looked like from the photos, I, yeah. Like, I, I could have sworn I saw ones where Naomi was like actually like with people. Oh, right. Okay. Maybe it was. But I, but I could have like, been mistaken. I, I just assumed that as it really kind of should be, is the perverts kind of ruin it for themselves. So <laughs> well, I have zero sympathy. Said they bring this upon themselves. 
Yeah. Well, you know, four hundred dollar con ticket, five stick the five dollar stick of deodorant, whatever. Yeah. Priorities. <laughs> In general, very much so. Uh, but, but it's it's it, I would never do. It's just like well, no, because I, you can you don't blame them as well. And I think yeah, it's no. like, and wrestling fans have got previous on this. So sorry, they don't get the second chance. Yeah, this no. has happened multiple times. So, you know, yeah. But they won't have to worry about that because they'll be back in the, the WWE. Uh, I wonder if they drop the word universe. That would be a really good start. <laughs> Maybe. Go back I'm to, I saw like there was a false news report maybe. that came out today where it was like, Triple H is interested in changing it back to the WWF or he's interested in making Raw too. He's not. Like Raw's never going to be two hours no, again, by the way. NXT is going to be the Thunderdome, baby. Thunderdome's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing war games as a one-off pay-per-view on W. Oh. No, it's not happening. <laughs> You can't do war games without William Regal screaming war games. Like oh. he, he just can't. How how gutted do you think he is? for the picture. Get out of there. No. How gutted do you think Triple H is that Regal's under AEW contract? There's loads of guys like that that you oh. know would be back already. You know, Cole would be back. Uh, there's loads of guys like yep. that of uh, those people that have uh, signed elsewhere. And a lot of people will be giving it a chance as well. Yeah. Or oh, they might be heading off to New Japan, Benno. Who can tell? Well, on that note, <laughs> the reason we did get Karen nice here, segue. So we, uh, yeah. we sidetracked you there, Karen, with uh, some AEW chatter and some uh, some uh, WWE. I live uh, in chatter. the United States. It is part of the life here in the United States of AEW and WWE, whether I like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but we covered all that. But yeah, we did uh, get you here for your, your expertise, and you know, me, I think me and JP have made no secret on this podcast of our uh, difficulty in a. Uh, and getting into the uh, the G one this year, but I know you've been uh, been writing in the in the deep end with it. You're uh, are you suffering from that uh, that G one fatigue yet, or is uh, this oh, weekend show's got I, you through it? I think the last weekend of July, when the five star Grand Prix opened the same week uh, at mm. weekend as back to back shows of the G one that I had to cover at post with John, I watched like twelve hours of wrestling in the span of two days. Mate. Plus the podcasts that I recorded that weekend. So I was just like, I don't want to watch any wrestling right now. <laughs> and like I and this is like my like my pro tip that's helping me get through, you know, you know, the undercard matches that may be a little mm, repetitive. Uh put the playback on two times the uh two times speed. Yep. Because then you get chipmunk Kevin Kelly and chipmunk Chris Charlton and it breezes right by. Imagine, like, you know, a 20 minute evil match is suddenly less than 10 minutes. You can skip the entrances, you can skip the exits. It's, it makes it a lot more digestible. And like, they're my first couple years watching the G1, it was, I must watch everything live in real time. And I just, I was like sick for like all of September afterwards. Hmm. And I'm in my 40s. My body's like, stop being stupid, work smarter, not harder. So now it's like, I wait till the, 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 Show's done if it's before five o'clock in the morning, because at five o'clock is when I wake up anyway for work and everything. And put my put put the kettle on, make some tea or coffee, make my breakfast, put my feet up, fast forward as much as I can. And you know, have I cherry picked some matches in the last week? Yes. And that's just purely because I'm exhausted, not because it's you, like you have to. There's just too there's too many tournaments right now that i have to follow plus all my coverage at post with all of the women's tournaments that are going on it's yeah. just there's just so much wrestling right now 
God help you if you get into all Japan, Karen, as well. I mean, obviously, you're oh, on Raw Road, w- but you got the Raw Road tournament as well. I mean, WH Park has been trying because he knows how much I love Jake Lee and has been trying to get me to watch the Champions Carnival. The N1 victory is starting like next week at NOAA. And mm-hmm. all, like, all of my favorites in NOAA are all in that tournament. So I'm just like, who needs sleep? He's a bad influence. I'll sleep in. I'll That's sleep in, I don't know, November, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a bad influence at WH Park. No, I'm with you. Like, I think. You know, for me, and I will say, uh, our, our mate Matty, who uh, does these shows a lot with us, will uh, will tell will tell you otherwise. But I don't use, I don't often use the uh, the double speed when it comes to uh, to watching wrestling. My exceptions are ICW, and that's a given. When we used to cover that on uh, BWE over on Post, because good law was I not watching some of those four hour fear and love shows. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think a use like that is uh, makes sense. You know, just so you know what's going on, like a mm. like a, a G one undercard. I've definitely been known to do it again under the influence of uh, of our uh, our mutual. And uh, John Pollock, but like over the years with G1, like me and JP have done entire, you know, when the G1's been on, done entire shows dedicated to it, like separate from Spotlight because there was that much to talk about. It became like mm-hmm. half of the show, you know, in later years. And then, you know, I think an endurance test that we'd somehow unofficially signed up for. Yeah. And even last year, really, and the year before, I still pretty much watched everything, at least as far as tournament matches went. It was rare that I skipped stuff. This year, I'm not even doing that. I'm literally just like, I'm reading reviews or I'm seeing, you know, star ratings or I'm seeing, you know, what the recommended matches are or what people are talking about mm. and going with that. Or really, in, in cases like this weekend, just jumping in for the big main events. You know, I don't necessarily need to see what Chase Owens is doing on the undercard in a match for a block that, you know, all it's like, I saw, a, I think, was it Robert or, or was Ian Andrew Dice Clay on Twitter this week who described this year's G1 as like the uh, the new Japan Bound for Glory series where like everyone's on like, some people are on 10 points, some people are on 2 points, some people haven't even wrestled yet. And it's just, it's That's... it's like, it makes it even harder to invest in some of those matches where like, oh yeah, Chase Owens has got a match and I haven't seen Tom Lawler for about four days if I'm only watching the tournament matches. It's just... Yeah, that's where I'm at with it now. Well, I must apologize in advance because you guys brought me here as like the, you know, what was the, what's the phrase you call me, J, uh, JP? The doyen. The, the doyen of ProRes. Well, in the in the official post e-block, which is like all of the content creators that are in post that are like trying to follow the G1, I am currently the Yoshihashi of the post <laughs> e-block and I am dead last because like much like star ratings and everything else, I vote with my heart, not with my head. And it's biting me so hard that people yeah. are just like, like, are, do you really do coverage on Japanese wrestling? I'm like, I do, but I have a lot of favorites and I want these favorites to succeed. But Ghetto's like, fuck your favorites. That's not happening. I want <laughs> Okada to win everything all over again. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those things where, it's for me, what feels fresh about it is going to the, the four block format. But the funny thing for me is that that's what the N1 victory in Noah has been for the past couple of years. Mm. So it's like Noah and New Japan just like swapped places because Noah went for their victor- N1 victory. It's going to be a two-block format. So it's like they just like took their terms and be like, whoop, swap them. Um, it's one of those things where as much as I want to be like, oh my god, the G1's so great. I'm also, you know, doing the five-star. And I guess with me and knowing how the five-star spans two months and they do, they do that where they have people's matches spread out all over the place there's like a week where like starlight kid doesn't have any matches and at the very beginning of it uh suzuki she had a fever so they pulled her from a whole week worth of shows 
So now some one of her matches has to get rescheduled into later in the tournament. But because they have that flexibility, mm. it's good. Mm. The problem is that I don't think the G1 fans are used to that format because it's been so long since they last had it that it's just like it makes it easier to pick and choose if you're watching from at home. But like I feel like the undercard portion of those shows because they have this weird format where not everybody's included on the card, the undercard is for the people that are buying the tickets to keep the lights on. The, those are for the people at the, that are going to the venues in all these remote locations all over Japan that can't necessarily go to... <laughs> at least you got in the league. Some of us got relegated. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um... <laughs> Don't, <laughs> be. Don't read that. It's... Last Commissioner now. He did all right out of the deal. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's just like... As much as I want to believe that as a Western fan, my, my what my money and my energy and everything for New Japan matters just as much as the Japanese fans' money and time does, they're the ones who are paying hundreds of dollars for tickets regularly. They're in the building. They're you know they're going, they're making some of them are making the loop all over the country, and we're not. So it's those undercard show, matches as much as they bore some of us to tears at times because there are times where I'm just like. I love Kenta. I'm not going to sit through a 15 minute bullet club match. I love show. And I, am I tired of seeing him run in on every evil and Yujiro match? <sighs> uh, break, he breaks it, everyone's heart. I, I thought it was going to be the next Tanahashi here, Karen. I it, it, it's badly. the meme where, you know, uh, it's from that 70s show where the mom has like the pitcher to make margaritas and she's just like pouring tequila in it and yeah. pouring more tequila and more tequila. That's me <laughs> some days. And it's, it's again, as long as they're getting paid and that's what they're happy with right now, that's fine. Do I want more for them? Yes. <laughs> but it's one of those things where I think maybe if there was more flexibility with international travel and the way that the country as a whole is handling the influx and regulation of international travel makes it very difficult. And with the length of the tournament, it also makes other promotions, especially for, to use AEW, for example, it makes it difficult with a company that has as many upper echelon wrestlers who are all on the, on the injured list. They can't afford to let go of too many people for a tournament like the G1, where, in essence, they're not going to be protected. They are going to go to that tournament to lose a lot of matches. Mm. And with as protective as, like, Tony Khan is about his talent, it's, like... I know people wanted, like, Brian Danielson, like, XYZ, and, like, all the like, five people from AEW in the G1... Do you want really want a field of 30 plus people? Because they're not going to like pull all the New Japan regulars that are normally in this tournament, like your Follies and your Chase Owens and Yujiro and like the people that, you know, regularly somebody has beef about to give these births to people from other promotions. Because those are the people that have stayed with the company, even when, you know, there was the mass exodus in the elite and AEW started snapping up everybody from a New Japan strong right out, right out from under the company. So it's one of those things where it's like they're doing the best with what they have. Well, did you at the moment? <laughs> I I mean I think in terms of the use, my main issue with the block system, I think, is it'd be nice to have a block that said there's block D matches, block A matches. So I think yeah. that way, at least then throughout that entire show, you've hmm. got like a narrative going on that you know that's going on with that, rather than a, a neat because you can have all the other people on the undercard. Like you can get a kind of around that, and that but for the, me but is that, the thing. But that's the sticking point with the Japanese fans. Mm. They want equal treatment. I don't want if I, if I live in Osaka, I don't want to have to go to Sendai, which is like you know 
seven hours worth of train away to yeah. see a Tanahashi match. Yeah. You know, it, so it's like the, 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 the way it's catered and designed, it's m not for us. And I hate to say it as, as much as we love to think that we're watching. as important. It's, <laughs> we're, Spain, we're watching yeah. too, but we're not the ones who are spending a significant amount of more money to go to these shows. What I would say about the G1 I have seen is those those Osaka crowds felt like they were getting their money's worth. That yes, would be yeah. like one of the bigger takeaways. Absolutely. It. And it was the time, first of all, you heard people audibly gasping. It was particularly noticeable in the Jonah Okada match. Oh, like, Osaka doesn't give a fuck. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's Which one is, of my favorite cities because nobody cares. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, like they're, they're not taking any of that Tokyo bollocks, are they? I mean, no. none of that nonsense whatsoever. Like, but I, you could tell that they were like the points when, for me, bits of this tournament kind of woke up. Like, I don't think the, the show on the 6th is not like one of the, I don't know, the 2014 G1s where you'd get kind of like like nine 20-minute matches in a day between like some of the most elite wrestlers in the world and you're watching Minoru Suzuki and AJ Styles work, you know, working AJ Styles finger for 15 minutes and then talking about it being like a kind of a masterpiece. There's, there's not really of that. I think there's a lot of things that are kind of unfortunately on those earlier part, uh, earlier parts of like a G1 card that kind of feel like they are missable. However, I felt like the one on the sixth is the one that felt like even with a Zack Sabre Jr. versus Hiroki Goto and met many times in a, in a, you know, in some, terms of tag team competition i was kind of fine with it because it served the purpose the fact that it was the first meeting between jay white and great okan i think that added like a bit of novelty to it and then obviously you had like a kind of a, a killer sprint popcorn movie of a of a main event to to quote mark buckledy um in in shingo and osprey and i thought that was the first time and i have to say pretty much nearly two years now saying this feels proper g1 like yeah. that feels like a bit more there's interesting novelty match matchups which he had with jonah versus Okada in terms of yeah it's monster you could look at it as monster foreign heel versus sort of japanese kind of like baby face but it just in that dynamic worked because at least jonah is a lot more agile than a Fale. and i kind of thought to myself that that's the person you want to transition to i don't know whether Farley would have I don't know if Farley has the appeal. That would be it. But then, like you say, Karen, I'm not there at the shows. I'm, you know, there are people who react to this stuff. I'm not always the target demographic. As, and do you know what? I'm fine with that. As Connor yeah. said here in the chat, you know, there are people out there who are into big 15-minute Bullet Club versus Bullet Club matches. Which we, uh, I'll never be in that. <laughs> quite happy to be a joyless grapple app type when it, uh, when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, there's a lot to... I think this weekend is definitely the most I've been invested in this G1 so far. And it was those two Osaka days that you made reference there, JP, I think it was. Those two big matches, you know, Jonah and Okada, which was, you know, my favourite from what I've seen, Okada performance uh, from, from this G1. And I was almost annoyed that I watched that spoiled for the result because I think if adding that shock value to the end mm. of it as well would have probably, you know, maybe uh, enjoyed it even more and Osprey and Shingo that was another you know big highlight of this weekend like that I don't think this was in the top two or three of, of their matches but that's not exactly you know that's not faint praise that's not damning them because those are five star matches by by my book this was maybe a, a slight notch below that but their notch below that is still a notch above everything else in the tournament yeah. it's the most 
I'm with you, JP. The most the G1 has felt like the G1, you know, this weekend as far as, you know, me having the patience even to sit there and watch these these, mm-hmm. ma- these matches. And it was as much the matches as it was the Osaka crowd um, as much as, it, you know, it was those results as well. Can I quickly sing the praises of David Finley right now? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I am so proud of him. Like, I have, I'm, like, I'm, in, I'm in total big sister mode when it comes to him because, you know, he's waited seven years to be in the G1 and he finally got in. And my biggest concern was that with the people that are in his block, I was like, Juice has the, you know, he's doing the, I'm the, you know, whatever Juice is doing right now with Bullet Club thing. And he's the, you know, the, He's he's pulling the Osprey being like I was the US champion, whatever. And then you have Osprey and Shingo. And I'm and I was prepared, even though David Finley was making his debut in the G1, I was prepared to watch him lose. But he mm. has all the high profile wins in that block. Yeah. So even if he doesn't win the block, he's spoiling the G1 for at least one or two big names that people I want a lot of people are backing in that block. Were the clues there for it in the New Japan Cup? And it was the fact that he felt like he was kind of almost went cold again. I think he ended up back in Impact even for a bit. Yeah. But there was that New Japan New Japan semi cup semi uh, New Japan Cup semi final run. If I can say it. Um, that was like and like he performed well. I mean, I remember watching the Juice match, which was like it was very slow at the start, but in the end they got the Kurokan uh, Kurokan crowd in. And it worked, and I and I said actually it was one of the better matches I'd seen on the G one on on in terms of it being there. It's it's almost like what I want to see it though is like him and Hanare having these kind of good establishing tournaments because I think Absolutely. Hanare has as well for like there is a limitation around him as well. But I saw him have a match with Naito that I thought was was like decent. It's not a guy who's like kind of embarrassing himself. He'll be better for the experience. He's someone they put long term investment in. United Empire is over, you know, as a, as a faction. And it feels okay. like, you know, there'll be other twists and tails that happen within it as well. Once Aussie Open get into the mix, it kind of I makes me feel like I can't wait for Aussie big. Open to get over there. I'm yeah. so... Them and TMDK proper. I need I need them to bring Shane and that's, Mikey over. Oh, man, dude, Tito oh. needs to be back in there. Old uh, old Adam Bomb, as WH referred to him <laughs> on, the, on the review with, uh, with John. I love that. He loves I was the new like, generation yeah. uh, WH, doesn't he, right. on, the, uh, on the Slack? Oh, he loves new generation mm. for this. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the great thing I think about. At that point in time, you think like all the all the classics happening in all Japan. And I'm just thinking, you know, the, the smoking guns. He would have been like... like <laughs> that was Or he'd have, been, he'd have been all over that, wouldn't he? Original Billy Gunn to go back to that as well. But I think that's... Like, I will say, after being kind of down on the G1 generally diving back in for this was actually a lot easier than I thought it would be now I should say I haven't seen today's matches on here and I find like I say there's things about the narrative flow of what's going in the blocks where I kind of just almost want to get to that final week because then things will start to make sense then we'll have semi-finals and a final and then we'll kind of know where we're going and then we'll also have an idea then of really where New Japan is going on the build to the dome and I think that'll just give it a bit greater focus and clarity. Make sure you watch Naito versus Kenta. It was from today. Is that from today? It was delicious. Okay. Who are your predictions for it? 
Yeah. I, I, should, I, I should bring it. There you go. I speed ran my predictions, not thinking that they would mean anything. And then I got I got taps to work like the, the weekend wrap up desk because ways on paternity leave. So I I I apologize for my 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 fangirl favoriting all the yeah. things. And this is why, as much as I love Grapple and I love being a part of Grapple, I will not use the app because people will be like, what the fuck is wrong with well, you? Well, no one can right now, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll be back soon. Is it everyone. broken? Yeah. It will be back very yeah. soon. Yeah, we have technical issues on oh, it as well. If you nice. log in and log out, you can get back to use, I think it's AEWWE New yeah, Japan, you certainly. Can rate the I, I, I would not want anyone to know how I rate matches. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would look either look at me differently or really, right. really judge me. Give us no, big, what were the big ones you've given us this G1 so far, or maybe from this last week? Uh, What's a Karen five star match look like? What does a Karen five star? I don't. I I don't know. Like everything. Like Finley Osprey surprised me. Mm. I think that was in the last week, was it? Shingo mm. yeah. Osprey was. You know, that's that's given. They don't. I don't ever think I've seen them have a bad match. Um, but yeah, no that that Kenta Naito match left me wanting more. Especially because they're two guys in their forties trying to like trying to get as much as in as possible before you know the knees and the, all the tape and everything just holding them together just like dissipates and they vanish into the atmosphere. Oh, I want to see that. something. Yeah, I'm having a look on here for in terms of where we are in terms of the block at the moment. So we've got in a block. You've got Akada, Lance Archer on six point, and Jonah all on six. Jeff Cobb, Bad Luck Farley, and Tom Lawler on four. Who, by the way, he beat Bad Luck Farley. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. Toriyano on two. Um, B block, Jay White, who has been taken off the Hiroshima shows on the yes. 9th and 10th. Yeah, he's, I saw that. So, precaution, isn't it? He hasn't got, he hasn't been tested for COVID, came up negative. Yeah. So, like, yeah, heat, heat exhaustion in Japan is a very much a very big thing over there. Right. I've, I, I've had it. It's not a good time. You just want to just drop down and, faint over it's not not a good feeling it sounds um, like hell in the summer yes me. uh oh which matches did yoshihashi have this week because there was a match where i was very yoshihashi's another one Every... y'all are sleeping on yoshihashi no <laughs> g1 big match yoshihashi <laughs> i think people have started has... paying on him a bit 10 rounds on him a bit i think but the thing is the problem with yoshihashi as much as i love him the company only lets him off his leash during the g1 like they don't let him consistently do what he does because they they have too many other people that they are predicting. Yes, uh, <laughs> Kenta versus Naito gets the cayenne pepper for the day because it was it was spicy. They got sassy. Oh, you can imagine them doing that. They love a bit of that on there. I'm just looking now on the on the B block. You got Jay White on eight, Sonata Taichi on six, Tamatonga, Chase Owens on four, Ishi, Great Okan on two. Which I know that was part of the story of Great Okan. I imagine he's getting a big upset win in there somewhere along the way because I thought it was going to be Jay, but yeah, same here. I was, I was, I was quite surprised. I know people were uh, probably higher than I was on it because I thought it was, a, I thought it was a good match, but I didn't necessarily kind of. I think there was just things about their general interactions with each other because they're people you don't see interacting. So I thought that was kind of interesting. C block is very lively. So you've got Tanahashi, Zach. And Naito all on six, Goto Evil on four, Hanare Kenta on two, and in the D block, this is David Finley and Yujiro is on six. Yujiro. How? <laughs> As Zelda 
run does a does a great run in there to try. I, I didn't know I was trying to take you out there for a second. Cal. I was slightly worried. We got the full um, set. wandering See, here. I, I have a, a folding chair that I'm sitting on. I don't have a proper desk chair, so she's trying to climb in my yeah. lap. But it's just like again, she's about twenty kilos worth of dog, so she's not exactly a lap dog. No, <laughs> just that just that bit too big. There she is. See, say hi to everybody. Go on, Zelda. <laughs> there was a storm earlier today, so she's like exceptionally needy right now. Yeah, I don't blame her. I can, I can understand. I can understand that on there. But yeah, just to finish off on D block, Will Ospreay, Yoshihashi, Shingo, Juice are all in four. ELP on two. So clearly, the D block is where we're probably ending up with Will Ospreay, Shingo, and obviously if it goes to a tiebreaker, then five way tie maybe. Go through. There is the idea of draws as well, isn't there? There is somewhat more of a thing on this. Um, I wish the G one would consider having twenty minute time limits instead of. Oh, <laughs> I was going like, to say to you because of stardom and their fifteen uh, minute time. Fifteen limit. minutes, and then in the Cinderella tournament was a ten minute time limit. Yeah, you want to talk about having people with long matches having to think and act fast? Yeah, it it just it, some of the, some of these matches where it's like it just gets dragged out, and I'm just like, oh man. What I wouldn't give needed that. It's New Japan. What isn't I, what oh. I would, like especially with with as many matches as they have this year. If they, yeah. I, I know it's like the whole thing is like, well, it's a thirty minute time limit. It's the hardest competition in the world. But you know, when when midway through the tournament, everyone's being held together by tape and hope. You yeah. kind of want them yeah. to like scale it down just a little bit. Oh God, yeah, I'm and completely like, with. So I mean, I'm I'm sort of behind on my start on on the uh, five star Grand Prix, and I was when I was watching day one, the thing it was just like the speed with which, and if you include like the entrances and everything else, you just think to yourself, okay, that's where your 25 minute is, like yeah. between that, and if you skip those, but it it changes the dynamic of the matches much in the same way that Osprey Osprey Shingo isn't as great as other Osprey Shingo matches we've had, certainly not like the first one. It kind of isn't going to be because it's in different conditions. And they it's caught like lightning different... in a bottle back then, and yeah. they were both yeah. theoretically plus, junior heavyweights at the time. I, I'm still not convinced Shingo was ever a junior. Pardon? I, I feel like the other argument for 15 minutes out of it is if we're going to have to have clap crowds, then the epics don't really work. You need the crowd, I think, for your 25, 30, 40 minute New Japan main event style, don't you, in general, but especially in a G1. You know, I don't think 30 goes far enough, 15 for that. It also covers that eventuality too. Well, and the think. difficult thing is that you know with the clap crowds and while other promotions have started bringing back applauding and uh throwing streamers and stuff like that it, it's the you have to either pick having the the gate and number of seats sold versus having vocal cheering if they can pack mm. the building if they can pack the building full but have to deal with clapping for a little bit longer they're going to rather have that bottom line mm. so they're not running at a deficit mm. And it's like, as much as I would love to have cheering in the G1 again, if this is how the lights stay on for the time being, it is what it is. It, but yeah, there are some matches where I'm just like, I, I love Osaka just because they're, they've consistently, they're the, they are the city that will speak their mind. And, you know, they even got mouthy with show back in super juniors with somebody actually screamed at him, go home. And he's like, yes, I'm exactly going to do that right now. And it's, it's just like, we're, we're, we're in the, the light of the tunnels. Just... Japan, Chicago. Yeah. You certainly could... sound like Japan's Manchester. It's well, yeah. it could be Japan's or Japan's New York, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> As a girl from Jersey, it's, it's very much a New Yorker response. So it, <laughs> it's one of those things where 
we're almost there. Hmm. It sucks that they weren't able to lift it before the G1 finals. Like even if like the G1 finals had just come come in that like last week of that first week of September or they were like were willing to drop it down. But I feel the problem is is that they want to pack those last three nights at the Budokan. I think that's where they're having it, right? It's Budokan. Yeah, it's Budokan. And it's they'd rather have the building full and have thunderous applause than have a half full building and you hear occasional Tana, yeah. Naito. Like you, you want you want it. You want. I miss people. those now. You mention them. <laughs> you, 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 you. Yeah. It, we're we're getting there. It, it it's you know it, it sucks. It really does. But I think I think the wrestlers that have come over for the AEW and New Japan shows in recent months have experienced they've been reminded what it's like to be in front of an audience that cheers yeah. especially at a place like forbidden like at forbidden door or when it eventually airs the um uh not music city mayhem but the what was the one i went to high alert the main event with hiromu blake christian and desperado the building was half full but you could have swore there was like a couple of thousand people because people were just screaming their heads off and having a good time so it's like we're getting there. We just ha- we just have to be a little more patient, and it, it sucks because you know we've we have that privilege where for the last year and a half we've been going to shows, but we've also been able to you know we've been able to say when people sucks, we'd be able to say tell people to go home or you know scream the name of our favorite wrestler. We have that privilege, and we forget that the Japanese fans don't have that right now. It's it's one of those things though, isn't it? Where you can understand that side of it, you can understand you know, the way the blocks are laid out, you know, the difficulty in yeah, obviously the the hard choice between do you want a small and cheer a crowd, cheering crowd versus a, a bigger crowd who can't cheer but you're making more money off it. You can understand all that logically, is that all making sense? But it do it definitely isn't helping, I don't think. Oh, it's think not. Internationally, like I, it just feels like everywhere interest is down with, with New Japan and the G1 this year. You know, ratings are down on you know on the app. You know, cage even you know it's not just us. Cage matches down as well. Interest in general just doesn't seem to be there this year. You know, even look at like I saw somebody point out the Observer. You know, the last couple of weeks and it used to be like David lead with G1. It's like back pages now. There's only bits and pieces of it there. Wow. It is. It's definitely you know. We can all we can understand, you know, intellectually the reasons why things are the way they are, but it's a real death knell, I think, for you know, for interest in them, and the, the sooner you know we can, not get back to normal is the wrong phrase, but the the, the sooner you know some of those things can be rectified, like the better, because things aren't you know right now internationally for New Japan, maybe it's just anecdotal, but it really does feel like interest to, is is at an all time low. I think the other difficult thing is that for me, even though I was working on a Bullet Club like affiliate podcast for a while it's i have a fair amount of bullet club and house of torture burnout and i say that as someone who's a lot of her favorites are in bullet club and it's the there are certain storylines that i need them to get to the fucking point with already (laughs) yeah like i if house of torture is going to turn on jay and go off into the sunset and you know take some people with them just do it already like i i i there are other people that need long-term storybooking and more important stories than Ghetto's extended breakup with Giotto because that's what it feels like half the time. It isn't about Bullet Club. It isn't about Jay. It isn't about Tama. It isn't about Evil. It's about J- Ghetto and Giotto's 30-year friendship that has gone down the toilet. And they're not in the ring most of the time. It's not about them anymore. They need to start focusing on the next 
generation of talent and you know yes. the group of guys that are in their 30s you know minus okada who's done all the things already but like your sonatas your tight your not tight he's in his 40s your, your yo's your shows your you know all those people that are in their lower 30s those are the guys that were supposed to be starting to build this tournament around but they're not the ones that are getting the spotlight thankfully david finley's finally getting there osprey is osprey osprey's gonna you know he's doing what he's doing but like you know last year they could have pulled the trigger on jeff cobb they didn't and now Jay and Osprey are back, and he's pu- he's getting pushed further back. You know, Hanari's fought his way to get all the way to the front of the line finally, and they're serving him loss after loss after loss. It's the I know matchups with like Tanahashi and Okada and Naito; those are the safe choices. And I and I love these guys; I really, truly do. But if I have to sit sit through another Naito Okada match this year, <laughs> and then do it again yeah. at the Dome, no. Yeah. Let it, let it, I mean, do I want Naito versus Shingo? C versus D? Absolutely. Cause that money is a, that is a mat, a money making match. But I need the winner of this tournament to be somebody that is not Okada, that is not Naito, even that's what it's going to end up being. Cause he's supposed to be going to the dome or whatever. But mm. it's like, I need, I don't want Okada to win back to back. I don't want, it's just, I need somebody fresh in the war room over there making the calls on the, the booking. And it has to be more consistent booking for everybody across the company. Because, you know, Tanahashi's winding down, even though he's still winning matches, apparently. And, you know, Naito keeps talking about retirement. And they're not... I feel like they're all they're planning that they're doing right now is very short-sighted. I don't feel like there's there's long-term stories for the people that need to be the ones that need to start making their making their ways in the history if that makes sense right no completely um i think it's 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 a big part of the the issue i think even kadani spoke about this when he did the sort of presentation on the sort of plan for the rest of 2022 going into 2023 and he mentioned about several things i'd like to get your take on the um iwgp um women's championship as well um what well, while we've got you oh, on you had strong thoughts okay. on that you said on twitter <laughs> but, but... I, I i have i have many a strong thought actually yesterday <laughs> uh i spoke with a gentleman's uh scott edwards over at fightful we we recorded a podcast last night about the iwgp women's championship but you know what i still have plenty of thoughts that i can share with you guys well, because... not all false because i saw you were listening to spotlight last week when you said you had strong thoughts i hope you weren't screaming at you <laughs> yeah know, no and, uh, whatever you I, 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 I was, I was sitting at the bar having a nice beer and you know being <laughs> yeah, told not to have half-baked excuses and i was like <laughs> as somebody who's lived and worked in japan you can kick rocks because my excuses are actual reasons but that's fine We'll get um, Alan back. He's gonna he can duel it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people are gonna start thinking that he and I have heat. We don't. Just put that out there. I don't Alan, have heat with anyone. Alan is lovely and has got a phenomenal head of hair. Yes. I always will. We'll throw that out there as well. It's a cracking <laughs> set of hair. It's really big. I don't know. It helps, I, but it you know it does. You know what? I, I, I mean, I would have, I would have to, I would have to see these luscious locks you speak of to make oh. a judgment call on it either way. Um, <laughs> but the IWGP Women's Championship. How about someone you just? there's a the con the the biggest concern that many of us have is it's it's being set up as a championship to be defended on new japan branded shows as part of the iwgp lineage but a a big concern that many of the stardom fans have is will it eventually usurp the world of stardom championship and the wonder of stardom championship which are the company's two top titles 
Now, Kidani's approach is saying that, you know, they are separate worlds, separate titles. So the only way that I can see in the foreseeable future where this new women's championship for New Japan does not impact stardom is if that belt is not defended on stardom programming. That it can only be defended either on New Japan shows like, you know, your Wrestle Kingdoms, your Dominions, your, you know, your big stadium shows. Or when New Japan travels abroad, like if they're if they're going to come to the UK in, in a couple yeah. of months, or if they're well, I mean the tournament will be after that, but like, theoretically, or if they come here to the states and do like another you know G1 Supercard, or will this be a title that will also tie into New Japan Strong? And if that's the case, one, they need to consider, and people need to remember, Stardom in New Japan, sibling promotions. Stardom is not New Japan's women's division. Keep right. those separate. Separate histories, separate traditions. But in I appreciate Kidani's approach to wanting to make the both companies succeed together by when you when they're looking at the international market, especially with a lot of the pushback they received with regards to Forbidden Door, because yeah. Forbidden Door had, you know, everyone's like, Well, what about a women's match? What about a women's match? And you know, they put together Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa, but what people what they didn't properly build for that match was that both women have history in stardom mm. but the argument was well, why don't you have Sheeta in the match why don't you have riho in the match but the problem is is that stardom and tokyo joshi pro their executive producers both rossi ogawa and uh, sanshiro takagi have both said that stardom and tokyo joshi pro will remain separate they don't want their talent mixes they don't want that crossover so you can't just say throw some japanese girls into the match and make it make it a, a Joshi match. That's not how this works. It, you can't just substitute and play and plug in just to just to have, you know, a, a match like that. So the question becomes when they wh- whomever becomes the first IWGP women's champion, will that person can it be someone that they are willing to let miss potentially a big show or multiple shows per month in stardom to defend this belt? either on New Japan programming, either domestically or internationally. Because that's a concern because, you know, there are, st- in Japan and proper, there is, they're your stardom fans and they're your New Japan fans. And it's kind of like a Venn diagram. Like Western fans more, we mainly fall more in that middle part where there's a lot of, a, a lot of overlap. But in Japan, that overlap circle is very, very, very small. And the bigger is the, Stardom, some stardom fans in Japan don't want stardom in New Japan, and vice versa. There are New Japan fans that watch New Japan for New Japan, and they don't want stardom in New Japan. So it's it's the company is struggling to find an organic way to weave that all together. Now, you know their uh, show in November where they're gonna they're gonna crown this first champion. When I think of people who could possibly who could possibly fill this role as the first IWGP win- women's champion, it has to be someone that is a legacy talent in stardom. Mm. I love Kyrie, but we're going to take Kyrie out of the conversation because she does not work for stardom full-time. She's a freelancer. She's your John Cena. She's your undertaker. She's the one that comes back, has a big match, and like leaves it again. Yeah. So when you think about the people that are currently in stardom, that, that top-tier people, group of girls that you want to, that could potentially be candidates, you've got, you got Julia. You've got Shuri, you've got Tam, you've got Mayu. Those would be the, or, and Utami. 
those would be the five that I would immediately go to. The problem is, is that, you know, Utami, or not Utami, Shuri's kind of busy right now as the World of Stardom champion. I don't want any double gold dash nonsense going on. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it again, it all depends on how the five star plays out because whoever gets, wins the five star tends to challenge for the red belt at some point in time. And that will probably be, if my guesses are right, but, you know, I tend to do bad in predictions as we've learned, uh, it's <laughs> either going to be Julia or Starlight Kid. Those are my two choices for winning the five star. And it would, Sorry, I was just gonna say, like, before we get into that, like, on the on, like, do you think, like, what is the the perfect solution? Because like, we didn't get a chance to get into it with Alan because we had him for a lesser time than we thought we would. Yeah, like, you know, Alan's take was always that New Japan should have a women's division, and me and JP have talked about it in recent weeks. And I always bring up like when Ring of Honor, proper Ring of Honor, mid two thousands Ring of Honor, was doing stuff with Shimmer. (laughs) And they'd have like the shimmer offer match, you know, on the shows, yeah. and sometimes there'd be a shimmer title match. And there was always that problem of those title matches were either ice cold because they were built on shimmer, and then the ROH fans had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Or they could be built on ROH, but ROH were basically using the same two women from Shimmer on every show because every match was built around the title. And I wonder yeah. whether even having your own belt, you'll still end up in that problem because every it's... will every women's match on New Japan now be for the belt? Yeah. And will it therefore and that, be a very small pool of women who are just constantly on the shows? And why would you be invested in that? My biggest concern, because what I loved about the exhibition matches that they've done with Stardom on the big shows for New Japan is that they try to get as many opportunities to as many girls as possible. Yeah. Mm. So you have, you may have two matches, but you'll either have like a one will be a six woman match and the other one will be a tag match. So it's it's not a singles match. They are presenting a singles title. Meaning there's one, there's only one or two people that are gonna get that spot. And the problem is, is that of those girls that I've already named, when I think of that New Japan crossover show in November, half of them are already somewhat spoken for in regards to, you know, dream matches of of tagging of doing mixed tag matches. So it, it it's it's like, I don't know what they want to achieve with it. Mm. And with New Japan and Stardom, you know, going international. If Stardom's going to be sending not just the, the, that, like, I'm hoping they when they have this championship, they're not going to send that one champion to a New Japan strong show and have them fight an indie person. Unless that indie person is going to be someone that Stardom is going to eventually bring back into their company as a, you know, a guest talent at some point. Like, I need some kind of consistency. But at the same time, it's the, if you're going to have this IWGP championship belt, then the New Japan Strong shows or the international shows where the, this belt is featured, it can't be New Japan Strong. It needs a separate branding, like an IWGP special crossover event. You know, it, it needs to be more than just like a girl or a pair of girls. Right. And it this needs is- to also not be scheduled during a stardom pay-per-view weekend. <laughs> so you can afford to have these girls off the show because, you know, if if if, if your Utamis and your Mayus and they're the ones that are getting like, hypothetically they're the ones that are getting pulled from like these big stardom mm. shows to work new japan then the stardom fans are gonna be mad like what what are you doing to our promotion why why are and and the other thing is card placement are you gonna have the iwgp women's championship ranked just below the world heavyweight championship or is it gonna be like the juniors where they open the show and to a half empty arena they they you know the booking isn't consistently thought about it, it's there's i'm going in with tempered expectations and i'm cautiously optimistic but at the same time until they give me someone 
who's going to oversee all of this separate from Ghetto and Rossi and Kadani. I need to know who's managing the process for this championship. So it I'm doesn't not- bleed into stardom. It doesn't start, you know, deteriorating the belts that they have. I know they want to, people want to get rid of the SWA championship because they don't have a consistent foreign roster in stardom that can fight the Japanese talent for that belt. But I need, I need to know what their plans are for this belt to avoid turning New Japan and stardom into a promotion that they're not. They're not WWE. They're not AEW. Mm. Even DDT, they they have intergender wrestling, but for the most part, it's that's mainly a men's promotion. So it's it's the and the reaction I got from that that strategy meeting when they were talking about you know when they're, it was Obari and Tanahashi talking about it. They announced WWE mixed match rules where it's the, you know, if it has to be same, same sex yeah, opponent. Yeah. And a lot of people were mad about that. You know, Tanahashi tried to like, you know, boost people's like, like morale about it. I mean, like, well, there's that five second, you know, in between when people are, you know, changing tag partners or anything can happen. But he's like, are you going to see, are you going to see, like, honestly, are you going to see, like, uh, for example, my, are you see Mayu like body slam Naito? I don't think so. No. Would I pay money to see it? Absolutely. But again, you're taking a women's promotion where the talent wrestles, for the most part, only women. And a men's promotion where, other than the, you know, Tanahashi wrestling uh, China how many ever years ago and the occasional intergender match that the foreign wrestlers have, most of the Japanese wrestlers on that roster don't wrestle women. So it's like, it's, it's a very complicated situation. And I feel like, announcing a belt without having all the more concrete information is putting the cart in front of the horse. Like I want them, I genuinely want them to succeed. I want to be there to watch it happen, but I don't know if that's going to happen at this rate. But at the same time, I feel like Obari and Kadani are doing all the talking about this, but nobody representing stardom proper. Cause you know, Rossi's more of a figurehead at this point as the executive producer, but he's not in the conversation. And the conversation about the belt is being have like, it was announced with some of the stardom girls around, but it wasn't like I feel like it needs it needs more. Like I I feel like they're they're missing some important piece in this puzzle. And whether it's like someone like Kyrie who manages the process backstage or they find somebody to do it, it's just there's not enough information for me to be all like all in, all my cards, all my chips, let's do it. I just I, I wonder as well. I mean, I, I said this last week about it as well. There's a there's a hot like it feels very much like on the corporate side they've seen that stardom is doing very well. Yes, and it's and it's like in terms of its overall revenue is going up. New Japan they always seem to have like they've got their strict. These are how many t- tickets we need to sell this year. Yeah, in order to show that. So even the show the Ariaki arena which i know is one of the bigger ones feels like that's a much bigger thing to do but it's yeah it's it, my i said like my fear is like for doing this you're kind of doing this not for any great sort of like you know wonderful reasons about like deciding to kind of open up a women's division it's because a sibling brand is doing very well and you want to basically use some of that popularity in order mm-hmm. to do this and again not thinking about stories or anything else it's about dollars and cents. It's about ticket sales and whatnot. I just think then at that point, do you then start to mess around with stardom too much? Because it's like, well, why would you yes. then tamper with the ecosystem when it's working very well? 
I think the issue is, is you fix New Japan. And some of this stuff can be fixed. It's You mentioned about the short-termism. It's always been down to that kind of commercial aspect with them. Whereas at least for it seems to be for stardom and like I say, going on sort of like certainly the day one show seems to do a very good attendance. I don't think the, the attendances are that far off what New Japan are doing for the for the G1. I imagine closer to the final, it'll do it'll do very well as well. But in terms of the belt, it's this is this is about money ultimately is how they're viewing it, and tradition and history and other things like that are like kind of almost be damned. Um, and they'll the, do it because that's what the co- corporate over, overlords like to do. I mean, it's the, interesting that like you haven't seen Cyberfight do this with Tokyo Joshi Pro. Correct. The one thing that Stardom has working in their favor because they talked about you know since Bushiroad's acquisition of them in 2019, they've grown their bottom line five times. So mm. like, it, which is amazing. During the a pandemic is, as well. During yeah. the pandemic, because what they do is they've taken the the Bushiroad idol marketing machine and thrown it behind the girls. So they're selling photo books. They're selling signed portraits. Like any show that you go to, you can guarantee buy an autographed portrait of your favorite wrestler. And there are guys that go to every single show and they will buy multiple portraits. They will, if you're, if you're a Starlight Kid fan, there, a lot of them will go to every single venue and they will guarantee queue up and buy those. New Japan hasn't, they have great marketing and they have great merchandising, but they haven't capitalized on it the way stardom has. Mm. And I think, and also it's the, um, they have, of course they have a much larger fan base, but considering how large New Japan's fan base domestically is versus how large stardom's fan base is domestically, New Japan should be a runaway success since they both are housed under the same company. I feel like there are certain things that New Japan can change to make them more marketable. But at the same time, it's the, my greatest fear is that stardom is going to get merged into New Japan. And then it's going to be, they're not going, they're going to have like one or two matches. It's going to be like AEW or WWE where you have like a match or two matches. And that's for someone who loves watching a four hour stardom pay-per-view. I don't want to have to be, I don't want to have to settle for something that's less than. So for me, I believe with the IWGP belt, it has to be big, big New Japan. Not every single month when they have a tour finish. Best of Super Juniors does not need an IWGP Women's Championship match defense. You know, G1 doesn't need an IWGP Women's Championship defense. Give me your Dominions, you know, power struggle, uh, Sakura Genesis or uh, New Beginning, and then the Dome. Give me four or five defenses a year, but also build a story. But the problem is, do you build that story on New Japan TV where wrestlers, especially the junior heavyweights and the young lions and the older older New Japan dads have already have limited ring and t- TV time? Mm. Like, it, it, it's the... It was like when Stardom had their match on the New Japan uh, Wrestle Kingdom Day 2 card proper. They weren't a dark match. But it was like guys like Desperado were like, well, why are we opening the show? This is our company. Why are we being displaced to the undershow? Or why are and it, it, it and then that's another thing that people aren't thinking about is that you have to think about the wrestlers in both co- in both co- companies. This affects all of them as well. And for some people, it may not affect their career in a good way. Because if you're used to being m- middle of the card. You're not being pushed down. You know, you're that Sonata, the Goto that, you know, occasionally gets that good match. 
you're getting pushed down lower for a girl that could obviously like Azumi, who's 19, who's your who couldn't actually be your daughter based on age. <laughs> and it's like, where where are the priorities? D- d- is the way Kidani pushing stardom My is that goodness. to benefit stardom? But also, is he doing it and thinking about how it's going to impact New Japan? Or is this a, just a, a passion project that could have all the best intentions of the world, but just end up pissing everybody off at the end of the day? Like, I want to believe that this is going to work and this is going to be a good thing. But I feel like this title needs to be what it, it should be. And that's more aimed towards the Western shows and the Western audience. Because I don't think it'll be as recepted by the Japanese audiences. Does it get even mentioned? I mean, does any mention of the joint show get, uh, happened during the five star Grand Prix? Has there been anything that's been brought up about this during the Grand Prix? Mentioned? No, like, well, the thing is, there's no there's no commentary to the Grand Prix. Ah. That's the other thing is that the big show only has Japanese commentary, but the but the but the details about that show are so limited right now that they're not even talking about. It. I mean, there have been interviews with Starlight Kid. Uh, Mayu and Utami in Tokyo Sports and other like like newspapers after it happened and you know they've they've all like said who they want to pair off with but nothing officials come out so we don't know like if you're gonna be, say if you're gonna do an Utami Okada versus Starlight Kid Desperado whatever but do those women automatically get removed from the pool that you you could possibly use for the IWGP Women's Match mm. and where does that match place on this crossover card does it close the show? Does it open the show? Does it happen in the middle? Like, how important is this belt in the scheme of this historic event that they're having at the Ariaki Arena that was, like, you know, built for the Olympics? Yeah, and it's, that, just, that, it's, it, it's, it's very political and very complicated. And, I, and, and as much as we want it to succeed, it's also very... The reviews, especially amongst the Japanese fans that I follow and that I've, I've seen on both sides of the, of, of the aisle, as it were... A lot of them aren't as optimistic about the whole situation as we are. Yeah, wouldn't blame them as well. I was gonna ask. We're, talk, we're talking stardom, five star Grand Prix. What are your thoughts on it so far? So You've you're, been uh, very busy. On post, yeah, you got your uh, your updates going. You got the uh, the Dream Slam weekly uh, still going I, as I, well. Tournament I, I, season, I am, hopefully, it's been knocking you. I, uh, too crazy. Tournament season is killing me. Like I, <laughs> there are not enough hours in the day, and I do love me some Dream Slam weekly, and I appreciate everyone who's given me <laughs> glowing feedback yeah, on it because it started out as a hey, I just Brilliant. want to start covering more Joshi. And then it was like, do you want to call him? I'm like, do you want me to what? Do Excuse me, a what now? <laughs> you want me to do a what now? <laughs> um, but yeah, right now between the Five Star and Tokyo Joshi Pro and like uh, several other companies running their tournaments that are all wrapping up, thankfully, I probably by o- October, it'll all be done. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> time for all the tag tournaments to start. So, but yeah, everyone's having their singles tournaments this summer. The Grand Prix, I'm enjoying it. I, I... I want, and this is me, big wish list item. I want Bushi Road to create Bushi Fight that has New Japan, Stardom, and whatever other fighting combat sports oh, they have, yeah, all under one roof, yeah. and a, at an affordable price point like Wrestle Universe. I want to pay less than ten dollars for both, and I want to have live streaming for everything because I love the five star, and it is killing me that I have to watch everything on the tape delay. So it's it's and the it all... but there's nothing live at all. 
the opening weekend was live, but that was back-to-back pay-per-views at about $40 a pop. So that's like, what, 20, 20, 23 quid for you guys? And then there's a pay-per-view this month that's Midsummer Midsummer Champions or Encounters that's not included with any of the five-star coverage. And then the next big pay-per-view is the finals on October 1st. But all of those, all of those five star matches between now and October are all on tape delay. All of them. There's not a single one that's going to be. I mean, the Korak win shows will probably get turned around the fastest because they have like twelve Grand Prix matches on the same card. But it's the, it's the waiting game that sucks so bad because you know, of course, people who are at the shows they're you know tweeting pictures and Stardom World is a they're giving spoilers and it's the what I wouldn't give for them to figure out a way to negotiate the new Japan and stardom TV contracts and plug it all into one simple cohesive world, like, like merge the new Japan and stardom world into like Bushi fight world or something. I don't know, but I just, do with an upgrade in general, couldn't it? Like imagine if, you know, oh, a, a have you been on stardom actually... world? Stardom world is, is the pits. <laughs> they, they it's like, it's the, both of them could stand to have a very massive overhaul. Yeah. Like I would take Peacock, over stardom world right now wow. in regards to awful things about peacock <laughs> yes yes and that's that's how much how passionate i am about them needing needing a facelift but not a fan of season four episode 17 of wwf SummerSlam. now <laughs> <sighs> the longest serial running uh continuously running show on monday nights no i i don't care there's no season there's no there's no off season there's no grand season finale if that was how it worked then you know wrestlemania would be it but anyway yeah connor's saying in the chat yeah you get 1080p on stardom well but that's about it as far as uh, and that's and that's on a good day and they're yeah but you think of wrestle universe and that's incredibly but generally user-friendly Yes. For like a Japanese streaming Sometimes. site, you're thinking it's better than it's better than fight TV even for like yes. kind of making stuff easy to find. Like well, you find you just go to the promotion and generally it'll turn up and you know you and, it, excuse me. Oh yeah, it's just TV an sucks. easier in, I'll agree with you. It's there. an easier interface to get around. Hmm. Whereas like I'm just reminded by nonsense and it's like well clearly i'm only on fight tv to watch wrestling you can try and push this boxing thing in my direction but it's not likely to happen what i like about wrestle universe is that also there's one stream and you're able to toggle the language in the stream so i don't have to back out and go back in and back out and go back in and worry about the system getting all congested if i want to switch from the japanese stream to english stream i just click my little my little gearbox and hit language and change it and it's fine so it's just like and i'm not saying this to be hypercritical of new japan and stardom world and all of that i just i want them to succeed and i feel like that would be the next step towards not you know merging the one company into the other but giving them a more consistent platform to have everything and then it makes it more accessible if you're a starter if you're a stardom fan and you're curious about new japan you can you know click on a match and see what happens or, you know, vice versa. If you see a, a, the IWGP women's match at, at, at a show and you're like, you know what? Maybe I'll give the stardom, the stardom thing a try. But, you know, when, when each of them costs about, you know, $10 a piece and there are more affordable options that have everything for less than that, it, it's, it can be a very hard sell to try to get new fans. And that's, yeah, 
And that's the thing is you've got to make this stuff as user-friendly as possible in order for people to, to kind of truly get on board with it. Otherwise, why bother? And Stardom like, also needs English commentary. Consistent English yeah. commentary. That's Stuart Fulton. Right, they had daughter. Stuart. Yeah, not yeah but they, the problem is that Stuart Fulton is one of the hardest working men or people in Japanese Eng English bilingual commentary in Japan. Hmm. Like he works at multiple promotions. So I'm sure trying to find a day where he's able to be off on a show that works with the stardom schedule is few and far between. But they need like a proper dedicated commentary team. Yeah. They do. It, 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 you've got to make it accessible to the English language. I also think as well, there's the issue with the pay-per-views that the pay-per-views do well for them. And so getting them to give it up, I don't know if that's something that'll be like tricky to get them to do. And then that's the other thing is that the pay-per-view format, that's very normal in Japan. Like we're used to our fight TVs mm. that are like $15 where you get to keep an archive of every single match. But in Japan multiple not just uh, wrestling or sports in general but like music and other you know film and stuff like that they those plat those limited time tickets that's how they do things over there so for the japanese fans they understand it that's how it is but that unfortunately for the western audience that's what unfortunately leads to a lot of pirating of streams because of how expensive they are like for me i've openly said before that i love stardom but if i wasn't covering it for post I wouldn't be able to afford to watch as much of it live as I do because, you know, at $40 a pop per pay-per-view, like this month alone had, or not this month, July had five. That's over just around $200. It's like when the uh, G1 pay-per-views, I don't get to keep anything of. Hmm. Yeah. G1 used to That's be on hefty. Ustream. And it was like going back, we're going back to like 2014 now, but it would be like, it'd be like that, but like 25 pounds for a show. And I was like, you'd, you'd maybe buy one, but then after that, you'd be like, I'm stupid. I'll just torrent it now. <laughs> like, it's just, but, you know, yeah. you've gotten but, a lot and, of money from me. They're not getting any more. Like, I, I understand the necessity of it. And I think that's also another reason why Stardom has mm. done so well in recent years because they've moved to that format where it's more, they have more consistent pay per, pay -per views available. But the problem is, is that, again, for Tokyo Joshi, if you take Tokyo Joshi Pro as an example, they live stream all of their shows and all of their pay per views are all included in Russell Universe at no extra cost. Same thing with Noah. All of their big shows are included at no extra cost. Their Cyber Fight Festival, which is an amazing like seven hours worth of wrestling if you really need it, no extra cost. But now with the things that have been happening on New Japan World, they're starting to like put, pay they're starting to paywall a lot of content that people really want to see. And I understand, you know, they need to make a profit. But at the same time, you're deterring fans who really want to support the company but can't afford $20 here, $30 here, $30 here. It's 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 starting to price people out and I say that because I'm someone who lives in Orlando and you know, I got priced out at Disney and I live in Florida. I can't afford to go there anymore because it's it's become so expensive. And I worry that that's that's the direction that New Japan and Stardom are moving towards where they're going to start their audience is going to start shrinking at least on the international side because of how expensive it is. And while stardom is giving consistently great pay-per-views, I've seen some where I'm just like, you know, I could have waited. I could have waited a week for this to be on stardom world. And I feel like that's the same approach that some people would have would, or could have about some new Japan shows, depending on how, how emotionally or invested they are in the talent that's getting featured. Cause for example, if Don Taku was a show that I had to pay money for, I would have waited. Yeah. Dominion, 
also another show I probably would have waited for. And I and Dominion is a show that I usually love. So it's one of those things where it's just like I need them to be a little more judicious and think again long term. <laughs> Not trying to like scrape and claw their way out of the red, but think beyond what how how are, if they're going to merge these two groups together in a more familial, you know, sibling format, they need to start finding a way to bring stardom into a a single unit. Well, Connor's saying in the chat, you know, he's in the same boat. He's a big Stardom fan. He's having to find, you know, alternate means to watch live. Yeah. He's watching. But I know Connor's one of the people who would be glad that we uh, we got you on here to uh, to talk some, uh, some Stardom. I believe I, I, uh... I believe Connor and I have talked on on Twitter before. So hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, you know, you'll be glad that you're uh, you're here to chat some. So like, what Thank are you? What are some Thank of you for, for supporting me and uh, supporting Stardom and women's wrestling. That makes me will. happy. What are, what are some highlights oh, from the... Uh, from the five star Grand Prix this year, especially you know the the, the recent uh, week or so, what's some stuff you can uh, you can recommend? What have you been enjoying? I well, see. I am a shameless, shameless, shameless Mina Shirakawa fan, and I know a lot of people are going to laugh at this when I say this, but her pinning Momo Watanabe was one of the most satisfying, satisfying <laughs> matches of that opening weekend. Um, there are there are people that are surprising me in the tournament. Uh. I didn't expect we were going to get heel, somewhat heelish Mirai in this tournament, but she's she's being a little grittier. She's not being the old plucky, I'm all yay, happy to be here. She's actually dialing it in and getting very serious and gritty with people, and I love to see it. Um, I, I, You could not pay me enough money to believe that Julia would be the Naito this year and being the one who's starting was starting behind the black ball at either zero or, or two, after two matches, I believe. Um, he make up, uh, what was he? I'm trying to think, I'm just trying to think of all the scores off the top of my head. Cause I don't have anything pulled up. Uh, he make up versus Utami was really good. Uh, I, I can't wait for starlight kid versus Momo Watanabe this coming week. Uh, there's just so many. That's the thing I love about the five star is that the time limit. And again, mm. like the G one, I got more – I my predictions were thrown out the window that opening weekend because people who I didn't expect to get all win, let alone a high-profile win, were happening. And and that's the thing is that, you know, Stardom's been good about surprising us lately, but I feel like they, they also – they've paced it where I hope that, you know, having over just over two months of time for the five-star with, like, ample rest in between – It'll keep people interested, but it'll also give the company opportunities to catch up on the tape de- delays because there have been like mm-hmm. last year. I felt like like some of the weeks were so truncated that it was like it would be like three days, but then you get like three days like on one day you get three days worth of video to watch. So, if if you're curious about learning about stardom, if you if you haven't already, I would highly recommend just jumping in on the Grand Prix. It's yeah. it's fun. It's light. The matches are short. Well, that's the great thing. I mean, I saw of the matches I saw from day one, um, really enjoyed both of them. Shuri versus Azumi, which was great <sighs> as well. So and um, and in the main event, you had, uh, what was it? It was Julia. Um, Julian Hazuki. And Hazuki. And there's a bit where they go all the way up the steps. You might want to have seen the, the kind of yes. clip of this because they've got like kind of a big grand stage for it. Um, 
and you've got Hazuki sort of chucking uh, chucking Julia down onto there. But it was it was great. And, and the, the running the running cross body that she just dove, she staged dove and so like yeah, on a, to a tiny little group of girls to catch her. And and that's the thing. This is all in fifteen minutes, and you you're watching this going. This is easy because there were other matches that I wasn't paying as much attention to that were in there, but they were like 10 minutes and they were kind of like inoffensive because it's almost like the time limit creates the story. Yes. And it's like, we need to get our shit in because yes. I've only got a limited amount of time. I can beat you, but I don't want this to go to draw and it could easily go to a draw. So you get that idea that you could have people, you know, using football parlance to like playing for a draw. Like, yeah. it's a kind of thing that you can do. There's like a nice little tactic that comes in around the 15 minutes. But it also means as a card, it's better structured. So they'll tend to open with a couple of five-star matches, then have the multi-person matches in the middle, and then finish off with a stream of five-star ma- of, of five Grand Prix matches. And you end up with like four or five of them together, don't you? And it's Yeah, the, the opening easy. weekend had like a had tag gauntlets, and mm. then... Uh, midway, they had, then they started having some league matches, and then in the middle, Kyrie had her match each day, or tag matches, and then it finished off the card. Uh, moving forward, it seems like it's going to be more like they'll have like their undercard, which is like when you win or two tags, that just to get everybody on the card, and then they have like mm. fewer league matches, except for that Korak win show that has like twelve. I'm so jealous because I think some some uh, I believe Kevin Kelly and Tom Waller both talked on Twitter that they're going to that stardom match. And I'm like, take me with you. Oh, <laughs> um, Tom oh. all over star- stardom, isn't he? He's oh, a cracking oh. commentator, can I say as well, by the way. I would team love team to pick his brain on stardom one day. He's just, he, he <laughs> I absolutely love his. Yeah, do I, it. I, <laughs> Thomas Waller, if you are listening, <laughs> come on Please. the Karen Peterson show because apparently it's my show now. It is your connected with MLW if you're listening, you know, get in touch with Tom. Oh man, but it, it's one of those things where oh, I was gonna say, uh Starlight Kid versus Saya Kamintani. I was like, they're doing this match again for the third time in a month. But it was good. It was good. And because Kamitani, much like Tam, I love them. I love what they're doing. But they tend to have sometimes overly long, drawn-out matches. So this time limit helps them, again, get their proverbial shit in and gets the matches moving. I didn't expect uh, Himeka to reconcile her loss to Utami by beating Utami on the first night. Himeka might be one that we have to watch. Uh, Natsupoi might be another one that we have to watch because they've really been pushing Natsupoi since she's left Donna Del Mundo to join Cosmic Angels. And and obviously it goes without saying that Stardom have the opposite issue to what New Japan have. Of they have a ridiculously young roster of, Correct. of people coming through. It's insane. The it, difference with Stardom is that they have they have their dojo system, but they also have like an open gym format, kind of like where you know if people want to train. There's like a middle like people as young as middle schoolers are training there. Like you know, Rina and Hina started there at that age. Yeah. Azumi started it at that age. And you know, when I was 13, I wasn't thinking about becoming a professional wrestler. I was just trying to like go to the library and check out a book on my own for the first time. So it, it's just like. <laughs> It's one of those things where, you know, I don't know, like, because I know that was another thing. (laughs) (laughs) That was, (laughs) yeah, I would have made a terrible professional wrestler. I'm not nearly as coordinated. And I was terrible. So, you know, I can. uh, I played volleyball (laughs) and that even that was a better hit hit and miss, as it were. Uh, But like, that's another sticking point that Kidani made is that he kind of, he didn't take a dig at the Nogue Dojo, but he did say that he wanted them to start considering 
admitting people younger people into the Noge dojo i mean but the thing is is that you're not not every person you admit is going to turn into okada who you know you know finished middle school and then decided to become a professional wrestler yeah, yeah. even some of the young lines that they bring in don't ever graduate from being a young lion based on you know either you know injuries or other things happening and it's it's just one of those things that it's like I, again i know kidani probably is saying these things for the best betterment of new japan I just don't know if the culture in that company, the way that, you know, because, you know, after 50 years, I think they probably, they kind of figured it all out already. I just don't know how quick they would be to start tweaking with that process. And like when it came to, like, this is a problem, not a problem, but this is a situation they run into with the girls in stardom, like Hana and Hina and Rina and Ruaka, they're still in high school. So like their, their five-star matches are, are basically on the week they had to like tailor the five-star calendar so they could get their matches in but most for the most part are on weekends or on shows that are on a weekday that are late enough in tokyo where they can go straight after school so it's one of those things like you would run into that same problem with new japan because they, they run so many weekday shows that if you have a boy that's in high school or you know or junior high school where where's the priorities is the education the priority or is becoming a wrestler and not guaranteed that you're going to become a wrestler the priority end up injured instead i mean there's so many and and the other the other sticking point with the stardom side is that you know middle school high school even in college they're still growing yeah you don't want to be taking bumps on when you still develop and that's the thing i don't necessarily i know it's a different culture but in in the uk for example especially with the issues we have I just don't think kids should be training to wrestle full stop. I think you should be at like, least I, I know that, with the parents. Yeah, like there are some like there are schools here where there are kids that are training for wrestling, and mm. you know if if that's you know like for me I was I was a I was a sporty kid. I played you know I played softball, I played soccer, I played volleyball, I did cheerleading. No, I don't look like a cheerleader type, but I was a cheerleader. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you have those kinds of supportive parents is that the ones that like run the booster committee the ones that you know will take the kids to practice the ones that'll take the other kids that you know their parents are working they'll take those kids home and i understand it so it's it's i guess it's not necessarily out of the ordinary but at the same time there are the concerns uh, when it comes to you know with wrestling i don't want to say you're more injury prone compared to like soccer or football because you know football you're just tackling people so that's also Oh, sorry, American football. Let me let me <laughs> let me preface because, like, when it comes to the other football, the the football that the rest of the world plays, <laughs> it's the like this. This is where I'm going to get salty about about soccer because you know, like, I watch women's soccer or the Olympics, and like, you know, women are like bleeding from the head, and they're like, no, 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 I can still play. I can still just tape it up. It'll be, put a staple in it. It'll be fine. And meanwhile, like, a guy sneezes, and like four feet down the pitch, somebody falls over, saying, oh, he pushed yeah, me. So it's it, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like, I the parents, if they're giving their child the agency, like, it is the child's choice to do it, and they're supporting the child. That's fine. But if it's like a dance mom, you know, you know, sports dad situation where mm. they're impressing upon the child that they want their child to become a professional wrestler and it's not the child's choice, that's when I have a problem with it. It's hard, isn't it? Because like you know, I think it's more akin to like kids doing boxing or, or MMA, taekwondo, yeah, where, you know, there'll karate, be head guards, judo. There'll be no headshots, you know, in kids, you know, football in our country, you know, there's yeah. a ruling, you know, our kids under a certain age being able to head the ball because of concussion yeah. issues and the issue with wrestling is literally the job is falling on your neck for money 
and that's what you're training to do. You know, yeah. there isn't. You, you can sweeten or, it in other ways, and you can train them in other. Trying parts to rip someone's business. arm out or break their knees, like it's. Yeah, you can cheat them, cheat some tra- chain wrestling maybe, and how to roll. Yeah. But once you start mm. getting into bumps, that is where it can yeah. become like a, a moral issue that I'm not sure I'm uh, yeah. on board with. And, like, yeah. I've seen like at, at the dojo where I occasionally train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. There are some children that train there, but the other thing is that they're not teaching them to pick them up yet it's the you're gonna learn how to like like lock on to someone how you're you're basically just roll around it's kind of like you know when you're you're playing with your siblings or your friends on the floor you're just like kind of rolling around you're not really doing anything too aggressive or you know where you have to worry about picking so i think the problem is like when it comes to picking somebody up yeah and or you know a problem i always see in wrestling people catching people Mm. yeah like I, i when people don't catch people i'm just like you're not doing your job. That person is trusting you to do your job. And it's like, you know, it, it's one of those things like, again, you can also underestimate or overestimate your ability to do something. Some people might think, well, no, I can, I can catch you. And they try. And sometimes it works. And sometimes and it doesn't. Suited to it. <laughs> and it, it, it's that other part of, you know, investing all that time and money and energy and it not coming to fruition, how to reconcile that as well. Yeah. Um, well, sorry, yeah. For the, sorry for the soapbox. No, no, it's good. Uh, good uh, <laughs> but I mean, we've got, no. about, got about 10 minutes left. Any any clo- closing thoughts on stardom in general? Um, before we Please watch more of it. And Support the girls. They're doing awesome. <laughs> yeah, Benno. All right. You've been told. <laughs> Connor's we'll on the five star we, we can do a watch along for the finals in October. Yeah. We'll give you a couple of months to get, get into it. We'll ease you into it. I'll make you two watch Raw and SmackDown, and I'll uh, I'll catch up on the stars. Yeah, that's how dare nice. you? Like Fair that's trade. not that's, that's how do how do we win in this situation? That's <laughs> we we're win. we're giving and you a smorgasbord of some of the best professional wrestling in the world, and you want me to watch Theory? Are <laughs> yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, to be fair, I thought, yeah. <laughs> and, and LA Knight, ma- like was it Maximum Male Models or whatever? I mean, I like... kind of did love the, the the Maximum Male Models concept because did it was find so, it funny. It was so ridiculous. He <laughs> was. In a Zoolander type way, like when I saw them doing the advert at SummerSlam, I thought I've I laughed at this. This has vibes of if it wasn't water and it was petrol, and it was that opening with him with his mates at the at the thing. Then you know, listening to Wham, then then that would have been absolutely superb. I liked it Don't better like... than Retribution, so it's that high praise. It's... <laughs> 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 the bar is exceptionally low. I'm the sorry. The bar is exceptionally low, yeah. Yay. Oh, <laughs> look at you. Legend. Where is Dominic well Dijakovic? Dijakovic is Looking depressed on a Saturday morning slam or whatever show they do these days. Again, and, uh... if they're getting paid and their families are getting taken care of, then you know what? See, I'm a dick, Cara. I don't care about that. I'm not bothered. This is where we disagree. <laughs> is uh, this where you? I I I, I get to be like, no, fuck those kids. No, yeah. <laughs> <Get> them. <laughs> yeah, they should be landed on the next for money. I agree. Um, <laughs> well, while we've got you, I know JP's got a quick uh, roundup of some uh, Aussie graps he wants to mention. Anything else you've been watching that you would quickly recommend to people outside of uh, Stardom New Japan AEW? Uh, if you're interested in Tokyo Joshi Pro, uh, Carl. I would say hop on Yield Wrestle Universe and give them a shot. Like their 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 thirteenth and fourteenth this coming weekend is going to be their big uh, finals of the Princess Cup. Um, there's the possibility of two star making performances because you have um, 
tried and true favorites like Miyu Yamashita and Yuka Sakazaki who have been on AEW television plenty. But there are two up-and-coming girls that have made their ways to the semifinals with Suzume and Miyu Watanabe. And there's the possibility that they could mint a new star should both of those girls defeat their respective partners. So... I'm and that's on good. that's on this weekend on Wrestle Universe. I believe yes, on the 13th and 14th. Also, Max the Impaler, they are making their Tokyo Joshi day pre- oh, debut. Oh yeah. What else have you been watching? Max the Impaler. About- so the other thing I've been watching is is MCW Ballroom Brawl, um, <laughs> which is Melbourne's Melbourne City Wrestling. Melbourne. Uh, I've, I've dived back in. Honestly, it is the. It's one of the things where as an as a. I've said this a few times, you know, I'm interested in, in like Australian wrestling and the development of a scene. Cause it feels like a genuinely new territory where interesting things are going on. Oh, and sorry, are they <laughs> very polite? Well, I'd put it this way. Like I having watched, having watched this show. And again, it was, it was available. It was available on fight. Hmm. Like they've managed to do their live streams for two and a half hours. And it looks it looks generally good. They even have cutaways to the commentators and things like that. It, this is their Royal Rumble, Benno. So if ever you're going right. to dive in, don't worry. This will be shared with I you like soon enough for you to be able to be. Hey, do you know what? I As love I. the booking in this. Oh, well, this one. Get him off in front of the yeah, but you know. uh, 20-man ballroom brawl. But mm. just to go through the undercards, I don't want to do any slights on that whatsoever because I thought the undercard was absolutely rock solid. You have, um, you had Slex defeating Tommy Knight. Tommy Knight's like sort of a big young guy. Slex is, you would have seen him in Noah. Inexplicably pushed as a junior Ring of for Honor. me. He, oh, and Briefly. Ring of Honor as well, but it, pre-COVID. So he never got a chance to kind of be over here properly. Or like, he's a guy who should be working. He's better in there with heavyweights. I don't understand the idea of wanting to put him in there with juniors. Not to say that any match with Daisuke Harada would be bad, but... Mitch Waterman, who is like the young champion who won last year's ballroom brawl, he defeated Davis Storm. He's like kind of like friend Love of me the some show. Davis Storm. Yes, and do you know what? <laughs> it was like a, it was the kind of match that like a Mitch Waterman needed in there against really good seasoned veteran, sort of going through giving him credibility. Because the thing that MCW does is it uses Davis Storm off the Perth wrestling scene in EPW. It has. Um, Jack Bonzer and Mick Moretti, mainly from PWA in Sydney, coming in. They are. I promise you, they, they lost the natural plastic. <laughs> Stevie Philippe and Toby. I'm not making up any names in this, although you would think I am. And this is the ample opportunity to do it. They lost a really good tag team match with the natural classics, who are getting good. They were the, like, basically, they're the team that are trying to build up, like, with the velocities over in the UK and probably being over in the US soon enough. Natural classics are very much like the kind of younger team that they're going with you're jessica troy who is really the 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 best of the um uh, australian women working out there at the moment really between pwa and mcw she beat cherry stevens um which was it was kind of like nicely brutal because that's the thing about jessica troy she's like sort of really good arm work and it's just the case because of covid she's someone who would have probably toured here and would have toured the us and we would have seen a lot more of but in a, in a sense, in MCW, there's all the, the kind of good things she could do in terms of about her character. Um, the ballroom brawl match itself was like a hell of a lot of fun because they had like, you know, proper countdown clocks and they appeared to stick to like certainly two minutes between them because it was nearly an hour. Um, but like the big story was right at the very end, you had Buddy Matthews returning. 
Um, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good to do some more. <laughs> people lost their shit because he's an I'm, MCW original. That's and, a homecoming right there. Yeah. And so it was, and obviously he's an absolute unit, like oh, great cheese him. on those abs. Um, but it, he was appearing nearer the end. They had Adam Brooks as like, if you think of who their top Brooksy. stars are, Brooksy, Loose Ledge. Oh, he was like the Iron Man. He was there on at the start. Oh, lovely lad. Um, he was on there. He was on there at the start. He sort of worked his way through. They had the big monster, Jake Andrew Arthur, come in, who's like, the, the basically was taken out a few people. And then he got removed by MMA, Kane, Gore, and his brother, Cracker Jack, who are still a thing there. You've heard me mention them before. Benno has that, heard that would be my That would be my stage name, be Cracker Jack. That's, oh, I, I, yeah. That, I like food. It's a very popular Jack. snack here in the United States is the Cracker Jack. So I, I would pick that one as mine. Spelt with a K. I hope on 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 it, but Jake Andrew <laughs> yes. Arthur, who Simon here in the chat is saying that like, am I using a random name generator? He was in the, he was in the Commonwealth fucking Games for Australia, all right, or the Commonwealth Games. But he was he was there in uh, in judo and like he's an absolute he's a big lad as well. But he served the purpose of getting rid of some of the younger card and then him going and it always ended up with Adam Brooks in the ring by himself. Up until it kind of got to the end, where you had like your kind of your main. <laughs> it was all a dream. That Buddy Adam Matthews. None of the rest of these people existed. <laughs> Adam Brooks. Imagination. Quiet. It's at the end. Don't, don't, don't like. Don't like where it you're going just, here. It was the, well, the three faces of Foley. Like he just kept wrestling the same person <laughs> over and over and over again, they, different costumes. He I do this, and in fairness, <laughs> man, on the weekend show, occasionally I stick in the odd name. That's a complete. <laughs> Ferdinand Double Cross or something. If I end up on one of these MCW shows, you know that it's not true because I have never been to Australia. Oh, you will. You'll be on on there soon enough. I mean, but they had at the end of it, the way that they built it up at the end, they had Rocky Monero, who's like the top heel. They had his kind of stable guys there who were there just to take a beating from Buddy Matthews. They had, and they sort of slightly, it got, it's like they slightly balls up the intro because they wanted to turn off all the lights, but they did turn off all the lights, but nothing came on. So they put the lights back on, they didn't turn them back off. You had Mick Moretti in there. You had Slex in there as well. It came down to Buddy Matthews and Rocky Monero, who, I'm sorry, he is an awesome heel. This is very much like like the, the Australian version of the 92 Rumble with him as, as Flair in there. He's awesome. Carl is completely right. I'm not listening to the haters on this. There shouldn't be any haters on this. Rocky Monero is such an awesome heel and deserves to be shout out. And he's the kind of heel who, if he heard this comment, he would call me a mark for calling him that. And I want him to do that because he's a proper heel. Like, I've no issue with that. That's like, you do that, mate. But Buddy Matthews won. And that's the fascinating thing. So he suggests he's going to be back over, perhaps even a couple more times in there as well. Um, somebody asked Harold Bishop versus Paul Robinson. Wait, I don't know up. if you've ever seen Neighbours, Karen. Um, <laughs> that finished this week. I've I've heard of of the series, the, the ever so popular oh, series Neighbours. Wasn't it? Wasn't Hugh Jackman? Is that where he got his start? That might have been Home and Away. I don't know. I know this is definitely where um, Guy Pearce got his start. Yeah, like a lot of famous Aus- Australian actors yeah. brought their start on like- that show. It was like, why is Mike from Neighbours in LA Confidential? It just really wasn't ever explained to me at the time. And then he turned out to be great. And you're like watching Memento and you're still going, am I wrong to be thinking this is still Mike from Neighbours? Did um, um did they go into the importance of Buddy Matthews coming home? Because we know yeah. when he... he oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that, warm, that warms my, my cold, cold, will, icy heart. I'll make sure you can see. It was a really... Just to say, it was a really fun show. 
And in terms of what I think, it's not about delivering five-star matches on these cards. It's not about... It's about creating an atmosphere which looks really good, certainly on like live pay-per-view as well. And I think they're doing that. There's limitations to the budgets and other stuff like that, but you look at them and you go, they're better produced than like 99% of British promotions and the vast majority of American indie shows. Like they've really put proper time and effort into it. They have like, it's, it's just an easy watch. And you're going to watch it and no one's really going to embarrass themselves. Yeah, they've got trainees on there, but they should do. They're a small indie promotion in Australia. But what they're doing and what they're putting on and being, and if they're back in that point where they can get that one big star and then maybe get someone in from, from a new Japan or a Noah in there as well to try and, you know, there are little things that they can do to grow. But it's nice when I do have my check-in with them that they are doing well as well. And just to say, yeah, there was nothing on this card I went, Oh, that's not very good. And the rumble match, like towards the end as well, they were just like quite canny, clever booking, like really, really good fun. I think the other difficult thing with Australia is that they still have a relatively stringent immigration policy right now, much like uh, New Zealand and other, you know, island countries just to mitigate and prevent anything from coming into the country. Like, even though there is COVID and stuff like that still circulating they've been able to manage the process yeah. enough where they've gotten it to be very, very low. And I like, I think that's why it was great that Buddy could go home, as it were, because he's Australian, so he can get in and out of the country relatively yeah. easy. And it's great, you know, for, like, if it, it, the idea of him being treated like that kind of big deal and it's interesting seeing him on that kind of level where he is the big deal in the company, as he should be on this level. So bringing him in and stuff like that is, is always really good. I mean, it's 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 this idea we starting to see some of these AEW stars sort of fly around the, uh, fly around the world. Um, Paul Robinson very much taken after Kerry Von Erich in one specific way. We can, <laughs> I'll, I'll guess that is. Do you reckon there's an, uh, an Aussie uh, wrestling podcast out there that's covering Brit Rez and going, Oh, is the next wrestler called Phil Mitchell? Is he like, <laughs> like <laughs> I hope so. Can we get them on then? Please? If that's the case. Cause I'm more than up for that. They're all weird. Uh, yeah. Like wife swap or something. Really, really. Fun <laughs> I'm going to be, yeah. I'll be I'll I'll be sharing sharing with you both and then obviously for, for well, Ben I to definitely see. You've sold Chris Elliott, you've sold Connor. Carl uh, already said it was there his favorite show of the year. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so you've uh, you made some fans, JP. But yeah, that uh, pretty much takes us up to the uh, the three hour point. So yeah, I'll just say to uh, to Karen, thanks so much for uh, for coming on. It's been great. You definitely uh, classied up the place, I reckon, having you on for this. Uh, yeah. this well, I try because you know I'm so high maintenance. I have a certain standard, gentlemen. <laughs> so yeah, we're sorry we don't I think I swear it, more so. on this podcast than I do on the Thomas Island podcast. Yeah, so well done you that's when i knew you were at home uh, but anything you want to plug um where people can find you that type of thing where you can get your uh, uh your if, you, work? You, if you all want to follow me on my wrestling journey you can follow my stardom coverage at and uh dream slam weekly over at postwrestling.com uh you can follow me along on twitter instagram twitch and youtube at hey karen sensei and if you happen to find an issue of pro wrestling illustrated in your newsstands the one with thunder rosa on the cover you might see my interview with one hiroshi tanahashi in it so slowly building my 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 tiny empire and i do love calling grapple my home in england yes there you go we've half stolen as it always is and hopefully we'll see you over here soon enough i'm 
I'm waiting for that big UK announcement from New Japan because I might be booking plane tickets. October, we're told, but you know, not official yet. But we'll see. Yeah. When it, when it's official, you might I might be scrambling yes. to make it happen, but I want to be there. So Benno missed the copper box. He he he, he, he doesn't like to talk about. I've got to make oh, well, up, the yeah. co- the co- well, the well the international box. stream for the copper box was a whole different oh. story. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> As an arena to watch it live is incredible. But yeah. <laughs> And I remember watching, looking at them going, oh, he looks really good, what they're doing here with the stream, without realising that none of it was working. Nope. Oh, bless nope. their hearts. It was a nightmare. But anyway, yeah, thanks uh, for coming on, Karen. We're going to stick around for another 10 minutes in the, in the post-show here. You're welcome to stick around. or uh, Okay, I'll hang out. Yeah, if you wish. Brilliant. So, yeah, we'll get Karen on the post-show for uh, for patrons. But for those of you listening on the podcast feed, uh, we'll be back again next Monday. FPL um, stream on Thursday, yep. maybe. Anything else we need to say? On Thursday. Uh, weekend show. Obviously, we've got the Patreon shows, patreon.com forward slash grapple. There you go. Get all of that. Didn't need to sting. That was good. So, yeah, get all of that there. But again, thanks again for coming on, Karen. Thank you again for everyone for tuning in. We will catch you again next week. Bye. Bye. Cheers, all. There's a better bye than me as well. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.